You're listening to Pop Culture Fanatics, a podcast for the crazy fan in you. going on everybody and welcome to another great edition of pop five brought to you by pop culture fanatics the only podcast where you can unleash the freak inside of you i'm your co-host today val cisco mr lightsaber in his pocket and of course to my left the man of a thousand gadgets the man that could build and disassemble cp3o in one to three seconds my man jay rance how you doing bro What's good, brother? I'm chilling. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I am doing fantastic. And of course, the other co-host today, we have my man, the man that sits inside the trash can. And no, we're not talking about R2-D2. We're talking about my man, Jacob. What's going on, brother? What? The trash can? What the hell can Wait. Are we talking about the little tentacle monster? That's what what we're talking about? (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I like that intro. (laughs) Oh, what's going on, everybody? Now, of course, we all know May the 4th has already passed, but today is Revenge of the 5th, and we're going to be talking Star Wars, everybody. We're going to be going to town talking about our favorite top five Star Wars movies of all time. Are you guys excited? I'm actually really excited about this. Well, tell me why, Jake. What does Star Wars mean to you that has you so hyped for this? (laughs) So, um, I'm actually really excited because um, I feel like I'm going to be kind of like that odd man out. Um, I used to hate Star Wars. I I wanted nothing to do with Star Wars. Like, I didn't understand it. Um, It it, it just was never anything that really caught my attention Um, until... uh, Years ago, a friend of mine gave me like a like a uh, like a you. Uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it, it was. A- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it was it was it was something with like uh, 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 it was like a jailbroken. Um, I don't know. No, it was a hard drive. That's what it was. It was a hard drive. It just had okay. shit ton of movies, you know, cartoons and all that shit. And I saw he had the entire collection um, before the new, um, you know, before the new edition. Um, it had the Star Wars uh, one through uh, six, right? Yeah. And um, I was like, you know what? Screw it. So I sat back and watched them. And like, just like that in a day, my entire mindset of Star Wars just like changed forever. And yeah, so I'm excited. Well, we're, we're we're very glad for your friend Han Solo to deliver the plans, the Death Star, to your doorstep right there. <laughs> Jay, my man, what has you so hyped about Star Wars, and what makes you love Star Wars so much? Uh, what I enjoy so much about Star Wars and has me so hyped, kind of kind of a little bit like Jay, uh, Jake, excuse me, um, where at first I seen it, you know, it was always that rivalry between Trekkie and Star Wars and things of that nature. So I was like, you know, let me let me give this a shot, you know, growing up. So not a Trekkie. Gravitated Star Wars is just so much better. Delivery, the 
the battles, the actions, the the nerdiness aspects of it. I've always liked space. And to me, it's just something that it feels good to me. Um, it's just like a nice, warm, baked oven cookie gooey. <laughs> you know, it's just, it feels <laughs> homey. And I, I just enjoy it. I just I like it. I, I just it feels very homey to me. That's what it is. Like I just enjoy it. You know, I could just sit down, watch this. Like if I'm having a crappy day, I could throw on a new hope, or I could just go to Attack of the Clones just randomly or whatever. And it just feels loving, welcoming, and it has everything, man. I enjoy it. And I love space. So, you know, watching droids battling out and lightsabers and all that shit. So it's epic. What does it mean to you, though? Uh, it's very versatile. I think that it appeals to every single person out there. And in the surface, it looks like your regular sci-fi movie. But when you like break it down to brass tacks and you're looking at it, it's like a love story. It's a space opera. It's um, a political movement that's happening, especially in the first uh, prequels that were happening there. One, two and three, very much heavily dealing with the what it means to be, you know, a free nation rather than a one republic ruled by one leader. You have those aspects right there. And then, of course, in the new movies, what is it to be yourself and what makes yourself a good person? What makes yourself a bad person? Can you be redeemable? There's a little bit of everything for everybody. And I think that's why it's transcended from the 70s all the way till now to every age group love Star Wars from the TV shows, the cartoons, the comic books, the extended universe and now the movies. I mean, even into video game culture, Star Wars has always taken over. And to me, I just love the fact that it just gravitates to every single person on this earth. That's amazing. So basically, Frank looks at it from like a very cultural aspect, whereas uh, Mm -hmm. Jay, like Jason Biggs, staring at a pie. Um, That's basically what Star Wars is. That's how it is to me. I started it and I gushed at it. Hey, I even got the word though. The Galaxy of the Hero mobile game on my phone, man. So it's just like, it's, I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And we're rolling on the hype that was Rise of Skywalker that came out, of course. In Which the I, still haven't seen. I apologize. I still haven't seen. So, if, And you know what? It, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I, I will say I'll wrap the bat for my top list is not anywhere close to that whatsoever. But if you're a completist and you want to see yeah. how the story ends, it's oh, pretty yeah, damn yeah. cool. I definitely do. I just, uh, I mean, I, I want to watch it because I've heard so much negative about it, but I'm like, really can't be that negative. But then again, you know, these are probably just 40 year old, 50 year old white males. You know what I'm saying? Just complaining. So, but I don't know. Have you seen, have you seen it, Jake? Have you seen it? I actually, yeah, yeah, I had to. I had to. All right, cool. I guess I'm the only one slacking, but yes, continue. <laughs> no, let, you know what? Let's get down to the nitty gritty and let's, <laughs> Go ahead and start with our number fives and see which is um, our top-ranked Star Wars movie. So I'm going to pass it off to you, Jay. Let's start off with you. What's your number five? Ooh, put me on the spot. Well, I may mm-hmm. get some heat for this one. I don't know where this is going to rank on anybody's, yours, or Jake's. Uh, but my number five has to be A New Hope, the original one, the first one, because – I just give it that sentimental value because this is what started everything that we have up until now to, you know, the last one that came out. So that's why we'll have to put this as number five. I can't put it as number one. I just put it in my number five because I see what they were doing for that time frame. You know, for 1977, we really didn't see much effects. And this, this was kind of groundbreaking and revolutional and new to me, in my opinion, you know, uh, during 1977. And seeing the little effects, seeing the story, like you said, is just a very deep cultural drama um you have just a crazy group you know of people different 
aspects people can gravitate to. You got your wild rebel smuggler, Han Solo. You got the, I don't even really want to call him the poor boy, you know, Luke Skywalker, the farmer boy, but he's just, you know, he's just there, you know, so stuff like that. Then you got the princess, Leia, and it just unfolds into a great epic story action. And I have to put it at my number five because it started it, but I really wouldn't put it too much because I see it now. I guess I saw it so late. Um, what year did I see it? I totally forgot. But it was kind of like, okay, seeing from what I've seen in the past and seeing now, you know, how we got movies now, it's kind of like, but I, I, I still enjoy it. I still enjoy it. And I definitely have to put it in my number five because it started everything in my, in my opinion, honestly. That's pretty dope, man. Like, New Hope, I love a lot because, <laughs> in my opinion, it's the only Star Wars movie that could stand by itself. Um, mm-hmm. Every other movie that you see from Star Wars has to have some kind of reference or kind of makes you want to watch the next movie. But alone, A New Hope, and even before it was A New Hope, it was just Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That was your movie right there. It had an opening, a middle, and a conclusion. And even if the conclusion was a little um, ambiguous as well, too, um, you could still say this is a finality. This could have never had sequels, and it would have been a classic just by itself. So everything from mm-hmm. introduction to characters mm-hmm. to um, all the little nuances, like the world building they were trying to do, all the different mm-hmm. aliens and prosthetics, it was very revolutionary for its time. Jake? Yeah, uh, just to kind of piggyback off that, like, because you could, like, if it didn't have Star Wars for A New Hope and just was uh, Star Wars A New Hope, like, that would have just been a movie on its own. You're completely right. Uh, because of the way that it, uh, it is written fin- uh, beginning to end, you're right. It could totally stand out on a movie on its own. And can, can you imagine, like, if there were no other sequels and it was just that one? Like, I think it would have, like, oh... I don't know. It's insane. It is insane. I definitely think it would have been a cold classic. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think so. And I agree with you guys where it's like the most complete movie on its own that could stand on its own because you get everything beginning, ending, conclusion, middle, or whatever. So that's why I have to throw it. Maybe that's what it is as well. Looking at it now and listening to you guys' opinions and stuff, maybe that's what it is that it feels so complete. You get what I'm saying? So, but definitely has to be my, my number five. You can't rank, not have a top five and not have new hope in it, bro. That's just me. <laughs> Jakey, I want to hear your number five. Throw it to us. All right. So my number five is going to be episode five, The Empire Strikes Back. Ooh, um, ooh. And the reason for that is because, uh, to be honest, like, wow, we were just talking about A New Hope can stand on its own. I think The Empire Strikes Back is a perfect sequel. Like, it truly is. Um, because it starts, uh, it, it basically takes everything that you experienced from the first one and expands it. So now you're seeing more of the universe. You're seeing more of what this story has to tell. Um, and I think that, you know, with New Hope establishing the characters, now you're solidifying, you know, the characters that you want to see succeed, you know, with the Empire Strikes Back. That's what I love. And, and, the best part of this movie too is that there is consequence. It's um it it's not necessarily a movie that ends on a good note, and I love that because while we have some of the best um uh, uh, uh protagonists, you know, with uh, Leia, Luke, um, uh, uh, Solo, and uh, Chewbacca, you know, all them, we have them. We have great um villains in this movie. And, and it's not just Vader, too. I mean, it's just, you know, everybody that, 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 that he controls, you know, um, all the generals and shit. Like, they, they really solidified themselves here in the movie. 
as a real threat and a real villain. So that's why I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. And then, of course, we start dive, uh, diving deeper into the whole um, Jedi aspect into this movie. So um, putting all those elements together, I think it made for a perfect sequel. And for me, for the originals, like this is possibly, you know, um, very just very well told. Okay. I, I like that pick as well, too. I mean, um, Empire Strikes Back, bro, is the movie that we get where we actually see consequence in this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever action happens, there's a consequence toward it. And when you look at maybe A New Hope, um, it's very, I wouldn't say cookie cutter, but it's easier to digest. You know that yep. Luke's not going to die or Han Solo's not going to mm-hmm. die. They're just too endearing as characters. But when you look at, you know, Empire Strikes Back, you know, you're getting Luke's tragedy of trying to deal with himself, like whether his his heart is in the right place being evil or not. You know, like like his father, um, get the reveal that Darth Vader is his father. You get his hand getting chopped off right there. So his tragedy um, happening right before your eyes. You're getting Han Solo getting frozen in carbonite, getting taken away. The movie kind of ends on a tragedy rather Ooh. than a feel-good uh, moment. So that's like one of the first movies that I remember. It was like, damn, like on a sad note, this is pretty fucking awesome, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know, Jay, what, what do you feel about it? No, I agree with you guys. And this is like a legit sequel. You know, sometimes when you have movies that do so good as New Hope to actually follow it up, sometimes it falls kind of short. And they hit the nail on the head with this. It was a perfect, legit sequel. Like you guys said, you see these consequences. You see this tension between between these two opposing forces growing. You have a little, you know, a little bit of treachery where Lando does what he does, but he does it for his people. You got to understand why he does it. You get what I'm saying? Um, You see, which I like the aspect of Luke, like you said, he's like, when he's training with Yoda, you see him kind of failing, like, no, I'm not made for this. I can't do this or whatever, stuff like that. Then you just see him say, after training, I got to go save my friends. You get what I'm saying? So that's pretty cool because I've always been like that real close with my friends. So I enjoy that and things of that nature. But it definitely is a great sequel and follow-up. And it's real. Um, the, you, hey, you even see Boba Fett in there for the first time, an iconic character in Star Wars. You know, So it's very good of a follow-up and a sequel to an original movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We're right off the back. We're going hard right now. I love it. <laughs> People are probably like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, but I love it. Let us know your number five, though. Keep up the madness. <laughs> All right. Well, my number five, you know, guys, I don't like the pre- prequels whatsoever, but mm-hmm. I feel like the best one out of the batch to me was episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Um, yes. In my opinion, I think it has the best lightsaber fight I've ever seen in a Star Wars movie with Attican and Obi Wan. Um, I think this is the best acting we got to see from the two movies with Hayden Christensen. I think he looks traumatized, he sounds traumatized, and you can see his pain right before he be- he betrays the Jedi Order and he kills the younglings. There's a part where he stares out to the distance and he's crying, and in that part right there, it's believable. I wouldn't say in, in uh, Attack of the Clones, he didn't feel as believable as Anakin Skywalker, but this right here, that turn before he, he betrays everyone, I felt that. And as well, too, I feel Natalie Portman did a great Padme in this one as well, too. It took her, like, two fucking movies to do so, but I <laughs> I felt like this is her most convincing that that you felt that she, she was torn between, you know, what she loves, what, what her profession is, um, her marriage to Anakin, her children, um, and how conflicted she was with the whole situation that was happening. And still she was still trying to 
bring Anakin to the to the light side in her eyes. You know, let's move back to Naboo. Let's let's get away from everything. I know you fucked up, but I'm still here. I'm still with you. And that moment when Obi Wan just pops up and you see the betrayal of two brothers, like like you hurt me right there. Like that, I felt so much. I think this was a great movie for um for Obi Wan. Um, Ewan McGregor does a fine job conveying emotion, showing that um, Anakin's really a brother, like an equal to him, and how heartbroken he was that he had to literally chop him down. Um, it has its flaws, of course. You know, you're having like the whole Dark Vader, no, at the end. <laughs> so fucking campy. I enjoyed that. <laughs> and I kind of feel like the Yoda battle was a little anticlimactic. I think we could have got a little bit more from Yoda versus Sidious, but at the same time, we had an epic scene with Mace Windu and um, with the uh, infinite power. <laughs> like, that was just phenomenal. And then we got an epic Wookiee battle on Kashyyyk with the whole Wookiees mm-hmm. going to town with the clones. Uh, the Execute Order 66. Like, there's so many great moments in this movie that I had to put it in my top five, and I thoroughly enjoy watching it from start to finish. No, I, I I agree with you a thousand percent. And um, now that you talk about the Mace Windu and the Sidious, we see a lot of this trend in this movie where people get their arms chopped off. Because didn't Anakin <laughs> chop off his arm? Yes, <laughs> yes. It's a lot of hate against arms. <laughs> uh, maybe that's why I relate. Nubbies. I <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, but but I agree with you, man. It was. Um, Revenge of the Sith uh, is very, very um, emotional. Like you said, that's one of my uh, favorite scenes as well in the whole Star Wars saga where you see him, that battle where Anakin is crying, he's conflicted as hell, and then you see Obi-Wan, you know, he was supposed to be the chosen one. That, that just that raw emotion drama, it's very, very palpable, and they achieved it great in this movie, honestly. And it, it was fucking phenomenal, bro. And then you need a ride or die uh, Princess Amidala, Queen Amidala, bro, because she's still there for her man. It's like, hey, let's go back, you know? So <laughs> it just shows the love that they had for each other and stuff that was very strong. She forgave him for whatever he did. So uh, it's a great, great movie. How do you feel, Jake? Um, I, I'm, I'm, all I'm going to say is I support this decision 100%. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Short and sweet. <laughs> all right, Jay, lead us down with your number four. Oh, my number four, I would have to say, is Revenge of the Sith. Mm. I, yeah, my number four is Revenge of the Sith because it piggybacks with what you were saying. And it goes with another movie that's on my list where, you know, and it's also great because we see Darth Vader. We see his because I'm a sucker for the the backstories and the knowledge and stuff like that, like, you know, the prequels. Mm. I know you said you don't like prequels, but I enjoy prequels, you know, because we see how these characters were formed. They're iconic. So we kind of want to know. I want to know. Hell, you get what I'm saying? So I know we all walked around saying, oh, yeah, I'm your father and stuff. So we finally got to see it, you know. And um, like I said, the raw emotions, the, the, the pure emotions, the fighting scene at the end when he kind of had to chop him down, <laughs> where he always felt. Anakin was conflicted where you saw him do stuff against his will, but he was, and it's, it's, it's cool because it kind of reminds me of Sweeney Todd where he has visions of uh, Amidala dying, you know, giving birth. But then he, sometimes people get so caught up in these raw emotions that they go blind completely in Sweeney Todd. We saw him where he had his wife, I think it was on the chair. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like he didn't even realize it. 
you know? So, and Anakin was just so caught up in his rage that he choked out fucking his wife. Do you get what I'm saying? So sometimes it just, that, that shows realism to the fact that how they say, don't make a decision based on anger. Don't speak your mind based on anger or whatever. So that was pretty fucking cool. And I don't know the backstory. I, you you didn't like it, but I enjoyed it. Where you just see them all crippled, all burnt up. No, <laughs> screaming like what he did. You get what I'm saying? It was like, yep, yep, I fucked up. You know, at that moment, it's like that's it. So I might as well just go full blown evil. I don't got nothing to live for. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely my number four, man. It's a great, it's a great prequel one. Bro, I, I I I love this movie for a lot of reasons like that too. Um, and for, for certain things like like the Sidious versus Mace Windu, I I I felt like this was a movie where I felt like Samuel L. Jackson really didn't do anything in the second movie. It was like a Star Wars movie with <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. This movie, yeah. I felt like he was actually Mace Windu. Like I felt like even for a short time he had on camera. Actually, felt like he was a Star Wars character, and I appreciate that. Um, I don't know what it was. It just kind of just felt like that badassery was there, um, and just everything else. Like um, the Padme really does really sell, sell me. Amadala, she really sells me on everything in this movie. Um, uh, the the visions that Anakin's having, the the confliction he has, um, the pre Darth Vader outfit. I just love with him the cloak, yeah. murdering people with the yellow eyes. That's just. Mm-hmm. An awesome visual, bro. Like that, like it, it gets me pumped seeing uh, more Sif like that rather than the all these iterations. We even got the best, one of the best, like boss battles in a way too with Dooku. Um, right from the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie, we get Dooku and um, Obi Wan and Anakin just going head to head with them, and even that was a fantastic battle where Anakin assassinates him essentially. That was great. I don't know, Jake. Do you have anything you want to put into this at all? Uh, I agree with this decision 100%. <laughs> no, I, I I just want to add to. I totally forgot about that scene, bro. Like, yeah, that's that was pretty fucking epic. Where you just see him when they had, they he was leading the assault and the attack, and you just see him all villaining out, and he has the hood and the cloak, and it's just like, oh my god, I got titters. <laughs> so it was pretty epic watching that, you know. But um, yeah. I gotta <laughs> so, say this too. I I gotta give uh-huh. a shout out to my boy Brad out there because he's told me many times if if you don't like Attack of the Clones and you feel a little iffy about Revenge of the Sith. Watch Clone Wars. The series, I heard, gives you the complete story that you need. It fills in the blanks that you need as well, too. And it gives you more of an emotional, I guess, um, aspect. Or you, you feel, like, connected to these characters a little bit more once you get mm-hmm. to Revenge of the Sith, especially when Execute Order 66 happens. So um, if I recommend anything, probably go out there and watch the Clone Wars ser- series in its entirety. Then watch maybe um, Revenge of the Sith and see how you feel about it. Definitely, definitely. I agree. Oh, one more thing that I want to add. Um, I just love that it's just like so the whole the movie is kind of like very dark and ominous. It just sets the tone for what's happening. I think that oh, was yeah. real, it was real impactful for the storyline and things like that. So before it, it is the most depressing movie out of the Star Wars movies. <laughs> like, whatever inch of happiness you get in that movie, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really it's, taken away from you very right. fast. All, all your new hope was lost. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, brother, right. what's yours? Go ahead, Jake. I want to hear. What's your number four? All right. So my number four is Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's great. That, that's why I didn't want to comment anything because I wanted to save it for you know for my pick. Um, mm-hmm. But you you really much pretty much just said it there is. Um, 
I was left speechless after this movie, especially because, again, I hadn't seen the original movies when I watched this one. So I didn't really expect, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know that there was like a, 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 a um, um, what do you call uh, a rebellion? You know, I didn't know all that. So having watched this movie just straight out, you know, I was left speechless and was like, bro, like, I was so depressed. I was so sad. Execute order. (laughs) That had had to be one of, like, whoever wrote that, like, has no heart, has no soul. (laughs) Good stuff. (laughs) It's also brilliant writing, though. And it wasn't so much easy writing, too. Look at how, like, when that whole execute order, you know, as soon as that hits the screen, just look how it kind of just jumps around. No, there's just really not a lot of, there's no talking. There's just really solemn music. And it's just. There's a lot of death. Yeah. (laughs) It got real dark real quick. (laughs) You're watching the entire Jedi, which is what you were built to love. You're watching that just die in front of your eyes, literally. Um, And (laughs) of course, you know, there's the epic battle um, between Anakin and and, um, Obi-Wan, which again, kind of many 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 movies one of the best fight scenes in a movie it's because you know and my problem with fight scenes has always been um the camera just moving too fast especially when there's like fighting like actual like fist fighting and stuff you know it's always just like switching from like one shoulder to the other you know and so you're just like what's what what the fuck's happening you know all i see is like swish 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 but with this (laughs) the way that they the way that they shot it the way that they filmed it you were able to see the like almost kind of like a 360 view of this fight and i love it so you were able to grasp it um as it unfolded go ahead can 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 i add on to that too because i feel like with the fight scene if you just look even more closely to each and every shot of that fight scene there is an emotional aspect for both obi-wan and anakin there's parts where like you know the lava is coming to get them and they're about to fall down and they could take actual cheap shots at each other but they even subtly like look at each other and run up like a fucking building or run up like a fucking ramp without attacking each other that then get into the fight. So there's some kind of like mutual respect there. There's yeah. something that's that that that, that love is still there. Um, that they don't want to take the cheap shot out. They want to take each other as equals. And I think I respect that fight more than any other lightsaber fight because everything else is just like lights and action. This is actually stakes. Yeah. No. No. It, it, exactly. And um, it, it even. Even when uh, Obi-Wan gets the high ground, he even gave him that last chance. He warned him. He said, yo, I got the high ground. Like, and, and you know what? At that point, neither of them were fighting to defeat the other. I think they knew that whoever got to the high ground first, or I think that was more of Obi-Wan's goal, whereas Anakin was just like just full on rage at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it was just like from it was just it, it just. Oh, such a beautiful movie. And I don't understand, but I kind of do why people hate it so much. I mean, yeah, there's some very questionable parts, but there's questionable parts, questionable characters, questionable dialogue, very comical dialogue in every single movie. And I don't know why this one stands out so much compared to the others besides one other one, which we're not going to go into. <laughs> um, but it, it was like a really... And, and I think this is a movie that solidifies the drama aspect, like the actual story aspect of this movie. So once this movie ended, I had to see the rest of the story. And this one just made it more, you know what I mean? 
um, it gave you more to it. Yeah. I like it, man. I think we all oh, okay. we had we had a good discussion with that one, man. I I feel mm-hmm. the love for that movie. Um, before we get to to our number threes, I I, I we we totally forgot about one key fight that happened in uh, Revenge of the Sith. I gotta give some love to my man General Grievous because that part was awesome mm-hmm. as well too, <laughs> with the four damn lightsabers looking like a fucking mechanical oh. Goro. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 everybody's gonna hate me, and I totally apologize. But I was gonna bring that scene up, but I couldn't remember his fucking name for the life of me, and I wasn't gonna <laughs> about to make last for me. I know, I know. But I'm I'm really sad because that is one character that I really wanted to see more of. I really and do you see more of him in Attack of the Clones? I mean, not Attack uh, of the Clones. Yes. Uh, Clone Wars. Um, um, in Clone Wars, yes. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, he's definitely somebody that I've always wanted to see more of because I think he's a brilliant character. He is a brilliant character, um, and it, I think he deserves more more time. Mm-hmm. The Jedi Assassinator. I love that character as well right there. Let's get down to our number threes right here. We're about to get to the tree of them. Jay, can you lead us? To the, oh, to the tree of them. Say, yes. You haven't said yours, did I did, yeah. right? I did it, right? I just skipped mine all together. I said, yeah. fuck that. All right, my number four. My number four is kind of like A New Hope, but not. And I appreciate this movie a lot more every time I see it. It just uh, amazes me um, from every aspect. My number four is The Force Awakens. Um, Everything about this movie to me screams up screams out nostalgia in good ways. And yes, uh, I can see the comparisons that it does get for A New Hope. You're getting like the Starkiller base. Um, like the Death Star, you're getting like the the main general in both movies as well too. The threat of a giant army is that you're you're feeding. You're having that that pilot like Poe and Luke almost similarities mm-hmm. as well too. Attacking you know the First Order, the, you know the Empire. Uh, they could go hand in hand, but it just it felt great to go back to basics to see the props that J.J. Abrams gave you in that movie. The the the, uh, the practical effects, BB-8's design was just fantastic, and I love the new character. This is a movie where I can appreciate new characters. Like Poe Dameron is one of my favorite characters out of the whole series right now. I just love his weird, sporadic, don't give a shit attitude. It just works for me on a different level than Han Solo does. Um, I do like Rey as a character. Uh, I feel like sometimes she gets a little one-dimensional, but I think it works for her that way. Um, uh, Finn, you know, I think he's fantastic as well too. There's a lot of range that he gets as well too. Um, just being like a stormtrooper that didn't want to be a stormtrooper anymore. He said, fuck this. I don't want to assassinate people. I don't want to kill people. I want to get out. We'd never seen that in a Star Wars movie whatsoever. So to see that that stormtroopers have these internal battles and you get the fuck out of Dodge, um, that was interesting as well, too. Like, everything about this movie was great. Seeing Han come back and Chewie come back, you know, gives you chills. Um, seeing Leia gives you chills. Um, little things about hearing the mysterious Luke Skywalker. Where is he gone? And we need to track him down. And so you get to that final scene where you see him and Ray on that mountaintop and ending that way. It just feels so right. Like everything about this movie, it's, it's very much as a nostalgia trip, but it brought me back to why I love star Wars in the first place. It was simple, but fun. And I didn't really have to think about the, the, the bureaucrats and the sanctions of the Republic that they were doing in episode two and one. I just, I got clear, <laughs> concise storytelling shit's going to happen shit's going crazy and we need to stop it that's all i needed and i was happy with that so yeah that's my pick no that's a that's a, that's a great pick bro 
because um, that's one of my favorite ones as well. I know it gets a lot of slack where The Last Jedi, uh, the last one that came out, I keep forgetting the name. Is the Fall of the Skywalker? What is it called? A Rise of Skywalker. Right. You see, you see Jake, I'm going to get slandered as well. Yes. <laughs> um, Actually. best episode ever (laughs) (laughs) no definitely that one force awakens the last jedi i feel that they get a lot of heat you know but like you said it, it, it was very reminiscent it brought it back to basics in my opinion you know ray kind of being that luke skywalker farmer boy she's you know a scavenger uh poe dameron luhan solo and i and i get you and i understand kind of uh he hits on a different level but i just like han solo a little bit more because he's more of like a smirky asshole you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying Post poe dameron so that's why i appreciate han solo a little bit more but um no overall it's a great pick man i enjoy it and like you said we've never seen that in star wars where we always seen these troopers just be mindless followers and then we see one actually take off the helmet you know and here it is he's looking for retribution and i'm tired of this i want to expunge myself you get what i'm saying so epic epic great movie bro and definitely brought it back to basics in my opinion like you said bye to you jake i agree 100 percent um so <laughs> i do have a question though with this one um because i thoroughly i thoroughly enjoyed this movie um but when it comes to um um um, um finn uh Maybe I just like blacked out, but was he an actual clone or was he a person or is he a person? Um, from what my recollection is, is that he was one of the kids that were taken away by the first order, like uh, an orphan. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah, so he was like an orphan, and you get that in spoiler alert, um, a little bit of that in Rise of Skywalker, where there's a lot of more orphans in the world that were taken by the first Mm. order, so he can relate with certain characters. So that's the only spoiler I'll give you right there, Jayon, Root of Rise of Skywalker. Spoiler alert! (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was was a really good movie. Um, I I really enjoyed it. So I love that pick. I want to ask you guys a question. Now we're just going to geek out and joke a little bit. Who had the epic? No. Was it Darth Vader Chewbacca when Han Solo got oh, stabbed? Oh, oh. <laughs> but, you know, that, that part right there is so heartbreaking. And it only is heartbreaking for Chewie. I didn't really feel that heartbroken when he got stabbed. I was like, I saw that coming a mile away. But Chewie's fucking reaction going hand with the cross blaster. <laughs> shooting up everybody. Lacing up everybody. That was the best part right there. I'm surprised that Chewie didn't kill Kylo Ren. Like, <laughs> I, like bro. <laughs> Word, you killed your best friend and you missing all those shots, bro. You could have been on point with one at least. You know, <laughs> If there's anybody that I feel for in the new trilogy, it is Chewie, because essentially the sad part is all his friends are dying. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really tough to see that, you know, from, from Han to Luke and going into um, Rise of Skywalker. Everything is just, it's very damaging to him, but you get to see how how awesome he can still make friends with people like Poe and, and Ray and whatnot, and how it still feels relatively mm-hmm. like home to him. So at least there's some kind of... Um, I wouldn't say retribution or, or, or silver lining. There's still something there for him to cling on to hope for. Mm. No, I get you. I agree a thousand percent. He's like that one original character where everybody around him is dying, you know? So I feel that. And also one thing that I just wanted to add to that, where I enjoyed this movie because, um, 
you know, you see the interaction with Leia and Solo kind of just like, oh, my God, our boy is just really bad. You get what I'm saying? Like, he's just like fully committed to the dark side. When she embraces him and hugs him and all that, that gave me kind of feels. You get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. I like this. Good, good pick, bro. Good pick. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get down to a number three. Go ahead, Jay. Ooh, number three for me is, I know a lot of people do not like, that has some mixed reviews, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I hear a lot of back and forth about it, but my number three is Attack of the Clones. Holy shit. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Number three for me is Attack of the Clones, and I will explain why, because, you know. Huh? Yes, please. We see, you see, I know I'm going to get some heat, but what I love mostly about Attack of the Clones is you see a different lush environment. It's the more brighter movie. You get what I'm saying? You see a lot of brightness to it. Um, And why I really enjoy it is the fact that you start seeing this aspect. You know that this war is going on. You know, you got the resistance, the rebellion, all that stuff, the empire, whatever, you know, you see that. You see the action. But in this one, to me, you really see the espionage behind it. You get what I'm saying? You see the kind of Cold War aspect about it, where you see that they had um, two assassination attempts on uh, Padme and stuff like that. And then you got uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan as basically the two hitmen, like protectors, secret agents trying to protect her from these hits. You get what I'm saying? And then it's just very political. That's why I enjoy it, because you see the political aspects of it. And we've heard about it, but to me, we really see it in Attack of the Clones. And that's why I fucking enjoy it. You know, where you see the hitman on the run and they have to go kind of in that fifth element style with the flying cars, trying to get that hitman and stuff like that. So to me, I really enjoy it. And also you see the, the heel turn, I guess you could say, of Anakin, where he's questioning himself and kind of challenging uh, Obi-Wan's, you know, authority and things of that nature and stuff like that. So that's why I really enjoy it. And I enjoy it more for it because it's the vaccine aspect of everything that's going on. So I would have to go with number three is Attack of the Clones. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Go for it, Jake. Um, You know what? I Now that you've kind of refreshed my memory on it, you know, that is like the one quality or, or yeah, like the one, uh, no, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't matter. Um, but the, the thing that I did like about that movie, um, because honestly, I, I hated that movie. Like to me, it, it took me, it took me several, several attempts to watch it because I kept falling asleep and I always fell asleep. Like, I want to say 25 minutes into the movie. Like I just couldn't do it. And usually that's my sign to myself. That's why I can't get through frozen. I fall asleep to frozen on the same exact part. Every single time I try to watch that fucking movie. That's why I gave up was like, you know what? It's not worth it. You know, um, so that's always with Attack of the Clones. But when I finally sat down and watched it, it was the espionage. The espionage um, was really like breathtaking. It was like, holy shit, like these people are dirty. Like, you know, um, I, I know you, Frank, said that you weren't big on like the whole political aspect of it. But I think that's what kind of sets up the entire um, idea to why, uh, 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 why they got into power in the first place, because it, it just goes to show you like how evil the people involved in this are. And um, Attack of the Clones did is what provided that to us. Um, like there were some unnecessary parts with, uh, like, what's his name, uh, 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 the bounty hunter. Um, yeah, Django Fett. That, like that, that to me, that was just thrown in there as as not like a cash grab, but like 
like just something for people to gush over but i don't think it went as well as they wanted to because it was a very open shut scene um <laughs> so it didn't really provide much for me you know what i mean um but overall i said it's still to me it's still a terrible movie but there are some qualities in it and and, and like for you to completely enjoy the series you have to watch it you have to see that espionage in it yeah, no, I, I agree with you. The, the Django Fat part was kind of useless because it was kind of like, okay, you're just trying to make these clones out of Django Fat to kind of have like this ultimate army. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So but that's what it was. I enjoyed the, the, the political aspect. We finally get to see it on screen. And also, like I said, you see kind of Anakin, the, you start seeing the cracks. And the chips where he starts kind of like, okay, deflecting and start challenging. And even when he's uh, going to rescue his mother, it, it still has Revenge of the Sith feel to it. When he's on the, the little rider, you know, he looks very ominous and dark. You get what I'm saying? So you start seeing yeah. the cracks. So that's that's what I enjoy, man. I, honestly, I enjoy the hell out of Attack of the Clones. I can get heat, but I love it, bro. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> let, let me go positive first. <laughs> I'll, I'll, leave, I'll start off on a positive note. I think uh, the first battle we get with Dooku is pretty cool. I like Dooku as a character. Christopher Lee is just phenomenal, and I'll never mm. bat against him to me. Um, I, I like um, we get an introduction of Yoda fighting for the first time, which was cool. We never seen that in a movie, and I think people were clamoring to see that. Once they got it, it was pretty cool. Um, uh, wait, there's there's another one. Just give me a sec. Um, a bad bro. Like, just, I think Mace Windu chopping off, yeah, chopping off Django's head was pretty dope. Um, that being said, <laughs> um. At the end, all right, the heart of this movie is supposed to be a love story. Like, no matter what you want to talk about, about people saying this is the most political movie, and it is. You get the whole mercenary and uh, terrorist attacks that are happening, and I get that part. But at the heart, it's supposed to be a love story. We're supposed to be sold on Attican and Padme and their love for each other, this forbidden love. And throughout the movie, it feels more awkward and creepy rather than passion. If anything, I felt more passion in part three because it felt like they actually cared about each other. This movie felt like they were annoyed with each other. And fucking Hayden Christensen was just like the worst actor at this time. Everything he was doing, it it, it didn't sound like a Jedi being trained. It sounded like a fucking whiny bitch. He was like, well, no, I don't want to listen to only one. Like, the sand is calling course like why am i going in the booth for i'm a jedi man i'm, a, I'm not a padawan padawan man i'm a man i'm a man, I'm a man. <laughs> and, and like there's these are parts like i remember this part specifically like um atticus like just you know feeling her skin he's like not like you sand's not coarse you're soft and she's like i don't like the way you look at me it makes me feel uncomfortable and he's like i'm sorry my lady i'm like ew like this is like some creeper ted bundy type shit right here i'm not sold on any of you assholes and then they're supposed to be five seconds later having a picnic frolicking around the boo going down a hill like no like i don't give a fuck about you two i hope both of you die right now if anything you'll make the whole series better but alas it took it, it took us from point A to point B. Um, here's the thing. I, I think the clones are necessary, and I like the clone mm. aspect. I just don't think 
Django was necessary, and I feel that it was a cash grab on the Boba Fett feeling. I think people were still riding really high on Boba Fett and how mysterious he was as a character. Fucking Boba Fett didn't do dilly squat in in, uh, Return of Jedi. He he allegedly died a horrible death. But the same token, that mystery still surrounded him where you're like, ooh, what's the Mandalorian? That's pretty cool. When you get this fucking jack off in this movie, we finally get to see the rocket launcher. I'm like, all right, you didn't do shit with that. Like, you could have killed somebody. You didn't. And you get your head chopped off and we get a force-fed version of Boba Fett. Like, oh, picks up my dad's head. I'm going to kill you one day. <laughs> Doesn't do it. And then there's just a lot of lore that you get that it doesn't capitalize in. You know, there's a part where they go to um, where Obi-Wan visits the clones and he sees a clone army. He's like, yeah, Master Cypher Diaz came out and said, we're going to do this. This is the plan. He's like, who the fuck is Master Cypher Diaz? And no one fucking explains that shit whatsoever about this mysterious Jedi Sith that was around. It was just there. Like, plot hole right there. And, um, I don't know. I just felt like this, uh, there could have been, a for a movie that's supposed to, like, really be, like, the, the bridge to everything, like, that, oh, shit, shit's about to happen, I didn't get it. And even with the hand, they cut off fucking Anakin's hand, bro. <laughs> he gets a little robot hand. I'm like, uh, it's like we're, we're really trying to kiss up to the, <laughs> to uh, what um Empire Strikes Back was. You see the trend? No, no. You know, the arm chopping? The clearly, this is a franchise that cares about the people, okay? There are people <laughs> <laughs> who, who, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was bad. But, you know. <laughs> so, no, two, so, two things on this movie. One, I'm gonna get a lot of hate mail for this, uh, but I never, I never saw the hype for Boba Fett. Never saw it. Like it never hit me. Like people did. Like oh, but like I used to think because the way people talk about Boba Fett, I used to think that he was a bigger. Okay, all right. Let me let me cut you off there. (laughs) Let me cut you off there real quickly. Did you feel the hype when you saw Captain Phasma for the first time? No. No. So when you saw Captain Phasma with the fucking chrome stormtrooper outfit in the cave, you're like, who the fuck is this bitch? This is dope. Oh, um, yes and no. I mean, I was excited, especially because she was a woman. So I was like, oh, this bitch is badass. Like, you know, she's about to tear some shit up. So yes, yes, kind of. Okay, so if you would have just had Captain Phasma in that movie and never saw her again, I'm pretty sure you would have probably been like, who the fuck is that? That's pretty cool. Like, I wish we got more backstory, but you'll never get it. I think that's what people felt about Boba Fett is that like who's this random fucking like bounty hunter that's freezing motherfuckers like and delivering to people. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so I mean like that's what I get. I mean that's what I get from Boba Fett. Like the mystery was more important than the actual character itself. I get it. I get it. So it was so when they brought Django Fett in again, like that's literally how I saw it. Was just like like they literally just cloned this shit. Like that's what they're doing, and they're trying to feed off that. Um, the second part, did Padme just stop aging at a certain point? Because how much older <laughs> is she? I'm, nobody's talked about this. Like, Ten maybe years. Because, maybe because I'm a gay man and I'm just like, bro, like, is this, is, does no one else see a problem with this? Like, he's a, he was a fucking child. Like, Growth spurt. <laughs> he ate his Wheaties. Yeah. She's he a vampire. <laughs> 
That's great. What are the Jedi seeing him? So I was like, bro, like, <laughs> I, 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 maybe she thought I was gay, but I felt like I was the only one bothered no. by it. No, because that was a creepy part in the beginning. She's like, oh, Annie, you've grown. He's like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this saber just dangling in my cape right now. Look at witness me. Doing the helicopter. <laughs> Um, <laughs> look at my rat tail. <laughs> it's not the only thing with hang time on me. Just shoots off his lightsaber premature, like, oh, sorry. We don't usually do that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's great, bro. That's great. I'm done. <laughs> I appreciate your pick, bro. I, I appreciate that you have love for that movie. We need to like defend our movies no no matter what. I'm a person. Oh, no, I, love I, I love the Toxic Avengers so and the Godzilla movies. So if I could defend that, you could defend whatever the hell you want, bro. Oh, oh yeah, and I, and I stand by it because, like I said, I love it. It's that political aspect. You get what I'm saying? So no, definitely, definitely, bro. I ain't ashamed of my pick. <laughs> 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 so wait, <laughs> we're, we're up to Jake next, right? Yeah, we are. All right, Jake. What are we on? Number G. three. Yeah, number, number three. three. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> so ow. Uh, so my number three pick is Phantom Menace. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so now here's the thing about Phantom Menace. It was so yes, while I said that I didn't really watch, you know, the Star Wars series until like way later when I got that hard drive, Phantom Menace was the only Star Wars movie that I actually saw in theaters. Of course, because I was, you know, I was that was the only movie that came out when I was of age, you know? Um, so it was a huge deal. And I remember it being a huge deal. Like the marketing for that movie was phenomenal. It was everywhere. You know what I mean? And um, I can only imagine what Star Wars fans were feeling when this even got announced, you know, especially because we didn't have, did we have the internet back then? I don't think so. Um, yeah, we did, oh, we did on, a cheap, like very... on a cheap razor yeah, phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's when you had to wait for like dial up, right? You had to like get online at like. No, but yeah, no, the, like the marketing for this movie was fantastic. So, like, I, I could only imagine what it was like for Star Wars fans for this to be coming out. And you're like, holy shit, like, we get to see where it all started, you know, and how people felt afterwards. You know, I can't really speak to that. But after I saw this movie, I was amazed because so like it was updated technology. It was updated uh, resources, you know, so we had an even prettier picture, like seeing Naboo, right? Naboo for the first time, like it was beautiful. I was like, wow, this place looks amazing. There's water not some fucking wasteland that I do remember seeing in parts of uh, other Star Wars movies. You know, this place actually looks great. Um, and my favorite, favorite, favorite thing about this movie was the pod racing. I thought that was one of the most brilliant, uh, um, just, you know, small, major uh, things to kind of like, that was just like thrown into like, this is what the, this is what's in the universe. And I think Star Wars fans forget that, is that this is a, an expansive universe like everything that you can imagine happened here and the pod racing was one of those things and I absolutely loved it 
playing the pod racing game for I think it was mm-hmm. Nintendo 64. Yeah. The game was yes, they loved the game. You know what I mean? And it just it had your blood, you know, like it had you pumping it, you know, that that adrenaline you felt, you know, hearing the pod racing on the speakers in the theater was amazing. It was phenomenal. And then of course, while we didn't really see a lot of Darth Maul, um, he was still a badass character. Like I don't give a shit what anyone says. Like he really was a great character, and he was a great battle for um, Obi Wan and uh, Qui Gon Jinn. Um, and um, yeah, so I, after after um, I know I know uh, Frank, you had a certain problem with with an element of this movie, and I totally understand that. But like that that completely went over my head, and I didn't even notice it when it was brought up in that movie in regards to the Jedi and stuff like that. Um, so that that's why that never really phased me. And you can, you know, touch up on that if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like overall, I thought it was a great movie. It was a great movie for me to start off with. And um, I think it deserves the credit that it needs. All right. No, um, yeah. I, go, go ahead, Joe. No, no, no. I want to hear your, your, your Jedi uh, lore mishap that you were talking about that they missed and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, because I had a problem with the with the Medichlorians. I thought that was just really weird to throw into a franchise. Like, little like I get it. They're trying to do like some people in the Jedi Council have more of a faith aspect, and then some of them have a scientific aspect. And Medichlorians is more of a scientific aspect, where there's little organisms inside of you projecting the Force out. I kind of felt like that was just a little stupid, a little too mm-hmm. highbrow, just to give to the audience right there. Like I think at its base, Star Wars. Very much is religious. I wouldn't say religious, but yeah. it has a lot of faith aspect. Mm-hmm. And the for, for the force is is a great like um, synonym to um, what a person's belief system is, especially the Sith as well too. Um, and when you take that aspect out and try to make it more scientific, you lose like um, what what the love for it itself, like the why you should follow this, why are people following this? You're not following it from a scientific point of view. You're following this from a faith point of view. That was just my biggest issue from it. I, I gotta say though, this was gonna crack my top five. It was either this or Revenge of the Sith because from the highs of this movie, it's great. The The two battles we get with Darth Maul are fantastic and the first one you get with, you, you don't even see the dual lightsaber. You see him just using one side of it. That was just awesome. Um, um the callbacks to Tatooine, um, seeing Jabba the Hutt in the pod racing was fantastic. Um, seeing Sebulba was fantastic. Um, <laughs> all the different creature designs are great. Attican as a young kid, you kind of get it. Like he reminds you of Luke in that way. Him and Luke are very similar. You see why you know that man birthed that right there because <laughs> they have that fucking trend. You don't see that. In- fucking attacking the clones or and shit like that um so like i i love that aspect right there uh i think you mcgregor and this is not this is like one of his first major big roles for you mcgregor and i think yeah, you're right he just did fantastic as a very young uh and sometimes naive obi-wan and i love to see how that character was portrayed um qui-gon Jinn was one of my favorite jedis of all time i just think qui-gon it is such an impactful character, and I wish we would have got more of them in the later movies as like a, as like a Force Ghost, like accompanying Obi Wan in some ways. Like, hey, listen, you know, I'm guiding you. Um, that was just would have sold it for me a little bit more, especially in Revenge of the Sith. If we would have got that, um, what I really takes me out of it though 
is certain politics in this movie, and I think that's what kind of slows it down for me a little bit too much. And of course, the racist fucking um, separatist. Oh, Queen Nabadala. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 you must sign the treaty. Okay, <laughs> they annoy the sh- when they die. Finally, like I fucking celebrated when Anakin fucking hacked them to death in Revenge of the Sith. I loved it. That, that's my thoughts right there. You can take it, Jay. <laughs> I'm just saying, that was great. I'm sorry. No, but um, to, to, to add to, to Jake's, um, to what he was saying, piggybacking off of Jake, I think that's, this was about to crack my top five as well. Like you said, it was either Attack of the Clones slash, you know, Revenge of the Sith. I mean, Phantom Menace, excuse me. Um, but I think it was just done so well, the marketing at that time, because this is a movie that resonates with, Ah, it resonates with me, and I don't know how you feel about it, you know, reciprocated, but it resonates to me with you, Val, because I remember growing up, 236, in the streets of the Bronx, we were running around collecting the little cans, going to the corner store, buying the cases, trying to get the cans and stuff like that. No, I want Darth Maul, I want this and that. And I remember we went, we go checked out the movie, and when we got back, we were running around with broomsticks, and I was trying to be Darth Maul and shit. You get what I'm saying? So this is... This is very sentimental. It was going to crack my top five. Um, the marketing was done so well. Um, it was just like, hey, we're going to give you Star Wars. I think it was a time where they capitalized at a good time after, you know, kind of, you know, I'm not saying a break, but after so long, it was a fresh feel to the franchise. The marketing was done well. Um, Darth Maul is an epic character, one of my favorite villains. Very ominous, very gritty, you know. I, I feel bad. He didn't Eddie. say anything. <laughs> huh? He didn't do anything. Like he was like that. That yeah. was a. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like no. that was one of the best things about it is that he. I like, he barely had any lines, and he didn't have mm-hmm. to. It was just his presence that was there. Like like Darth Vader had that voice, but Darth Maul he didn't have to say anything at all. He was yeah. just for being there. No, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. That's how you know you're very impactful. You have a strong presence where you just don't have to speak. And just by you being there and you have an impactful presence, that, that speaks volumes, you know, like literally. Mm-hmm. And he was great. Um, I enjoyed the whole aspect. I remember even, this is very sentimental. That's why I say, I guess it's like home and like a warm chocolate chip gooey cookie, like I said at the beginning. Because I remember I used <laughs> to walk around for like weeks talking like simply about always win. You know, and then Waddle with the mind tricks. You get what I'm saying? So in the pod racing, I enjoyed the pod racing. Like Jake said, I remember my father bought me the the Star Wars racing game for the 64. And I used to go to town on that. It's a very, uh, it's a movie that has a very emotional state connection to me. Qui-Gon Jinn was great. Obi-Wan was great. Um, I wish I would have seen a little bit more of Darth Maul, but, you know, he got bodied, whatever. He fell to his death. And... Overall, it's, it's it's a great movie. It's a great movie, and I, I enjoy the hell out of Fancy Medicine. This is my, my top ten, honestly. Not my five, but my top ten. Just for you guys right there that do love and appreciate the character of Darth Maul, I would say watch Star Wars, the Clone Wars series, because he's, in fact, alive and not dead. Oh, look at that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm about to check it out. I didn't, I didn't even know that because I haven't watched that Attack of the Clones. So now you got me on to it. Thank you for that, sir. I will check it out, definitely. Yes, now my, now very my much question. alive. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. 
And I was going to say very much, uh, he could be labeled as an anti-hero as well, too, in some aspects. So keep an Ooh, eye on that. Okay, now I'm about to check this out tonight, for sure, for sure. I'm going to start watching this, but, you know, I'm going to keep it funky. You guys talk about my Attack of the Clones, where uh, Anakin was being a creeper with Amidala. Come on, bro. No, nobody found it kind of extra creepy and a little funky when Qui-Gon got stabbed and he just, like, gently caressed Obi-Wan's face. Like, oh. Listen, <laughs> them, them boys took a solemn oath. Never touch a human being. That's the most Qui-Gon's ever touched somebody in probably 20 years right there. So. <laughs> Gotta get your licks in. <laughs> no, but, no, I feel you, man, but it, it, it was it was great bro it was a great movie honestly definitely mm-hmm. I, I, yeah i really can't say that much on it more on it because it what you guys said you said it perfectly the marketing everything that it did it did it well um mm-hmm. some parts are disappointing but you know it's it's still like a if if it was a top six it would have been in my top six yeah and it's sorry for cutting you off um but just the marketing was done well, like with the games. I remember even for PlayStation One, they came out with the Phantom Menace game, which that game was pretty mm-hmm. awesome as well. So the marketing oh, was on point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, the marketing was on point, so that, I think that's why Phantom Menace did so well as well. I'm not saying that it's a bad movie, but I think that helps. You know, kind of like uh, what we did yesterday on the Last Switch Gaming podcast, where we spoke about the marketing with the Streets of Rage. So that always boosts the sale and helps out. But yeah, continue. No, no, no. I'm gonna get into my Jar Jar got the Saboba. Clearly, the is the worst part of episode one. Like Jar Jar, the Gundam, the, yeah, it's a Gundam Nation. The, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's what, I, that's what yes. I was gonna say. That's that. That's that big toe dude, right? Boss Nass or something. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> terrible. <laughs> terrible, terrible. But yes. How <laughs> Fucking hate him so much. <laughs> All right, let's get into my number three right here. My number three, honestly, sort of. is a movie that no one really thought was going to actually make it. It was really a make or break to see if Star Wars could do side movies and still be impactful and loved. And it's basically, how do you do a movie that we already know the outcome of everything? And this movie is Rogue One. Um, I think Rogue One is a fantastic movie from start to finish. We get the Dirty Dozen of Star Wars universe. We get this band of misfits clamoring together for one mission. and That's just to retrieve the files for the Death Star. And it hits on every tone, man. Like you, um, you know, the the father daughter dynamic reigns a lot to me right there. Being as a father, and you know, making certain sacrifices so you can't see your family sometimes. Like I, that that hit me home right there. Um, to see the coming into age story of the main characters, uh, the force. This is the first uh, movie where we really didn't see Jedi's that much, but we saw people who were force sensitive, and I felt like that was interesting as well too. That not everybody has to have like this mystical power of the Jedi Force, but if you believe in it enough and you keep it, like you keep your faith, um, caress your chest, you're gonna have something. You're gonna have something that you know resonates to you, and I, I love that aspect. Uh, Saul Guerrero, um, I thought he was a very 
weird character, but a fit universe. Um, you know, my man Whitaker with his lazy eye. You know, protect you must. You must live. I think everything from this movie, from knowing that there's no hope in this movie, and you know that these characters essentially are going to die in the end of this movie as well, too, and how dramatic they were when they did die at the end of this movie, and how it just made sense. They accepted their death, but they knew that it was for a bigger, greater cause, and that's what made me fall in love with it. I think that right there is just, you know that in your head, there's no hope, but this is a better, it's for a greater cause, and some way, somehow, down the line, we're going to get something that defeats um, the, the evil enemy. So, yeah, I love Rogue One from start to finish. Oh, Jake? <laughs> Anything to say to that? Um, <laughs> so, I and I have so much to say about Rogue One. It, mm. it, it really was. It really was a fantastic movie. It um, is it, very, very, very thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that movie. So no, I, I love that pick. Yeah, definitely, that's a great pick. And what I, what I feel like Rogue One did very good. It kind of set the trend for these new mm-hmm. movies that were coming out that we were gonna get. You get what I'm saying? People were kind of like, "If you oh, you're revisiting Star Wars, you hear me? Revisiting Star Wars, you come this and that." And I feel that Rogue One definitely <laughs> set the tone great. And it did a phenomenal job. And like you said, we saw a great cast of characters, very deep story and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's a great pick overall, man. It definitely. And obviously, Jake agrees with yeah, you as well. There's not a lot of movies so where we get definitely, a, definitely a nice pick, leading bro. actress or actor um, that can really take um, the helm of a movie that's relatively unknown mm-hmm. and really just make you feel for that character. And I feel like Jin, and, you know, I feel like she's going to be someone or Jen, she's going to be someone yeah. that's going to be remembered for a long time. You're not going to you want that character yeah. to come back in yeah. another movie, but it just fits so perfectly that she dies, but she dies for a bigger cause. No, I agree with you, and I knew Rogue One was going to resonate to so you being a father and things like that, and you see that father and daughter aspect, so that was pretty cool. You start seeing some realism and stuff I, like that. I, I gotta say this, this too, man, like, for, for your no moment in, in, in um, Revenge of the Sith, I felt like this was the pinnacle of a Darth Vader cameo right now. Like, that end scene of Darth Vader, we didn't need it. Like, straight up. We did not need this scene whatsoever. But it literally was, like, yeah. after you have your fucking blooming Onion at Outback and they're going to give you some free brownies. That was the fucking free brownie <laughs> you got. And yeah. it was just the, the ferociousness and the ruthlessness that was Darth Vader. He made you afraid of Darth Vader again. I think Darth that was Vader. probably the biggest thing that like Darth Vader is such a, yeah. a pop culture icon that you're like, oh, you're going to make fun of this character, the whole breathing asthmatic oh. aspect, but this movie made you fear for your fucking life when you saw him. <laughs> I agree with you, even though he's a fucking <laughs> half a man in there, like no legs and like one arm, like, you know, yeah, you saw the, the ferociousness because they were like, okay, you guys made fun of this character for too long. Bob, we're going to show you guys how evil and who Darth Vader is. And when he just comes in, wielding the lightsaber, pew, 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 trying to get those blueprints, bro. Like, you fear this dude. Like, okay, I better, mm-hmm, run. Mm-hmm. better not cross that man in the dark alley at night. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's get Definitely down great pick, though, to your brother. number two. Definitely. We're getting close to the wire here. Tell me your number two, Jay. 
Ooh, my number two is probably going to get this movie. Definitely did get a lot of heat because I remember speaking to one of our friends about it. And um, <laughs> my number two is The Last Jedi, honestly. And we know The Last Jedi. We know all the, the shenanigans, the heat, the drama that came surrounding it with all these new, this new trilogy or whatever it is that you want to call it. Um, but if you sit down and you watch it without a he said, she said in your ear, it's actually an enjoyable movie, in my opinion, because it gets back to basics as well as like The Force Awakens. You get what I'm saying? It come, it brings you back to that Death Star, Deathly Hollow deck and stuff like that, talking on the deck and things like that. Um, it opens up great, in my opinion, where we get a little bit of humor. I like humor, you know? So that's another thing people, I guess, didn't really understand. These movies... Times evolve, times change, you know, so you have to cater to the new crowd. So it had the humor in the beginning where I know a lot of people didn't like it. I think Val didn't like it mm-hmm. where you see Poe Dameron. Oh, uh, yep. Still waiting. Uh, hello. Can I speak to, you know, I, I enjoyed that. That shit cracked me the fuck up. You know, seeing the the attack on the dreadnought. That's where we saw him really on his uh, solo shit, taking out the turrets and stuff like that. Um I love Kylo Ren. This is where you see more of his character development from The Force Awakens, in my opinion. Super emo. I love it. But, you know, he's very complex. You know, a lot of people were just bragging on Kylo Ren. Oh, he's emo. He's emo. No, he's very complex. You know, he's the, the, the grandson of Darth Vader. He has good and bad in him as well. You get what I'm saying? So you see the good. You see the bad. Very, very great character, in my opinion. And I love the scene where he just, like, spazzes out, breaking the helmet in the in the elevator and um good character like i said each character has a uh good meat on them very emotional movie where you see luke battling his demons for failing kylo ren for not being able i guess to say kind of save him and stuff like that so you know where we all thought luke in my opinion was always that that saint you know so we see him here where he's battling his demons for doing what he did and then just seeing kylo go full to me that was the moment where he snapped when he saw Luke standing there and he just was like, I want every gun firing on this guy. That 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 moment, he was just lost. You know what I'm saying? He snapped. So I was like, okay, you went full-blown Darth Vader dark right there. You know, he's not going to be Darth Vader, but obviously he snapped at that moment. And then the, the reunion, like you said, in The Force Awakens and stuff like that, we're trying to find Luke. Where Where's Luke? We finally find him in the reunion of him and Leia. It was just so deep as fuck, bro. Just seeing them, that connection from seeing them from a new hope to here now. And then where he said, where he tells her, "I'm sorry, you know, I kind of, kind of failed you. I apologize to you. I failed and stuff like that." And then he just drops the the Han Solo dices in her hands. It, it, it's just fucking amazing and very deep, you know. So, and then just seeing Luke just kind of sizzle, fizzle into the sunlight and stuff like that, and seeing Ray as well, where she's kind of. Still from Force Awakens to here, she's still kind of embracing her role to what she is, kind of like Last Jedi, where, I mean, she, you know, we see the kid at the end and stuff like that. We see her where she, you know, she opens up the rocks, the path where she's flying. She's falling into that role, you know, still kind of new, but, you know, she's falling into that role as an epic scene where, you know, I love the battle between them when um this guy betrays Snoke and stuff like that. That's why you still see a little bit of light in him but of course you can tell a little bit of romance aspect and stuff like that i don't know i just think it's a great movie and it brought it back to basics in my opinion and 
it made me feel what Star Wars was really again. You get what I'm saying? From the diverse characters, from Finn to what he's going on with his adventures to try to meet up with the crew, from Benicio Del Toro kind of being that little slime ball, you know, magnificent. You get what I'm saying? So, like, and then the, the, the Finn, where he just kind of like fully expunges himself from uh, where he just laps the shit out of. Uh, what was it? I, I say fan- yeah, I say Phantasma, but yeah, Phasma. Yeah, where he just. Where he just slaps the shit out of her, you know, and then, which was kind of lackluster because I wanted to see more of her, but, you know, he just kind of like sponges himself. Like he was like, okay, this is it. Bam, I'm done with this, you know, like I have my karma clean. And honestly, um, to me, it's my favorite scene of the whole Star Wars saga, whatever you want to call it, that battle of crate where you see the hopelessness. You feel that, oh my God, the back against the wall, you're cornered. You get what I'm saying? Outnumbered, outmanned, outgunned. You're in a cave where you guys believe, you know, you had no fucking escape. So, and then to just add more to that helplessness feeling, you send out a signal. Nobody responds. They got the signal. But nobody came to your aid. Nobody responded. You get what I'm saying? So it just adds to that hopelessness. Like, bro, all hope is lost. And then I know I commented on your post, but, bro, the the blood... The red salt is just so symbolic, in my opinion, to all the bloodshed that has gone on from A New Hope till now. And it's just my favorite scene, honestly, in my whole in the whole Star Wars saga. And that's why it's number two. It's very, very, very great. If you sit down and watch it from I mean, of course, obviously, you guys have watched it before. Whoever's listening, if you watch it without all the bullshit, he said, she said, mm-hmm. it's a great movie, man. If you dissect it and sit down, honestly. But that's you know, my rant with The Last Jedi. How do you guys feel about it? that i i have to applaud man like everything that you said about this movie really really hit it um perfectly um so here here let me just kind of go on a little bit of a tangent here but one of the reasons why i've never gotten to star wars you know as well is because like Star Wars fans are some of the worst fucking fans out there. Like, I hate Star Wars fans. I'm you sorry, obviously but, haven't met pro wrestling you know, like, fans yet, but yes. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, true, true, true. But, no, like, they are some of the, like, most uh, high-maintenance fans out there. It, it, it's kind <laughs> of ridiculous. It's like... I want to say like probably 80% of them just can't get off the original three movies. Like, yes, they were great. Fantastic. But you have to move on. And one thing that I've, and if you kind of listen to me, I always said that this is an expansive universe. And so Mm -hmm. I know, yes, everybody hates Disney. You know, everybody has things to say about Disney, but one thing that I, you know, pointed out when, um, when, when Disney started working on the Star Wars films, it's like, bro, you have amazing resources to work with now. So can you imagine what they're going to do with it? And yes, again, there was questionable things, but that goes to say for all Star Wars movies. This movie was fantastic. I love this movie mm-hmm. so much. Um, and like one of my favorite scenes uh, was when, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Oh, um, Rose. Was when Finn and um, Rose, when they went Rose, to... Yeah. Uh, the bite, uh, yeah. uh was it Canto Canto Bite? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, just that whole setup, that whole scene was spectacular. It was like seeing a Universal Las Vegas, you know, um, yep. like all the characters that they had in there. Just that luxury that these people were living when 
you know that like one they don't belong and two right on the outside of that world there's people getting murdered you know there's people dying mm-hmm. to you know fend off the first order and these people are just living here in luxury you know with not a damn care of anything that's going on out there um at first i had a problem with like the humor in this movie and like with uh uh uh, uh obi-wan being uh, uh, excuse me not obi-wan yeah no not obi-wan um god damn luke yeah luke. kind yeah. of being like a uh like a very emotional bitch um but me and me and frank because <laughs> he was he was he was like very angry. like he was he was he was a bitch like when i when i don't get enough sleep or i don't eat that's basically who i am that's like, he needs a snickers i <laughs> Bitchy, you know. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, but, yeah, but this, to me, this movie was everyone that's involved with this film. It was their response to the fan backlash from um, the Force Awakens, and I think they hit it mm-hmm. real hard. They said, "You know what? Fuck you. We're gonna do whatever we want. We're gonna do. You know, we're gonna even we're gonna uh, get it to a level eleven now because you know, fuck you. That's why. And they did it phenomenally." And what I love about the new trilogy is that they got amazing actors and actresses to play these roles. And these people like did them very, very, very well from the original characters that we knew to the new characters. And um, yeah, it it was just a really, really good film. Yeah, no. um, Yeah, definitely. Sorry, Val, before you continue. Sorry, before I forget. That was that was the thing, like, you know even the poster for the movie was very old school because it kind of reminds me of A New Hope. You get what I'm saying? The poster was very old school. That's what I enjoyed it. Um, Also, which I totally forgot, was kind of like Val said, that's why I like uh, a lot The Last Jedi because it speaks speaks about the Force kind of being like a spirituality aspect. If you believe it, you feel it, you know, you have the Force. So that was pretty cool. And we've Um, seen it in the past, like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. Um, no, 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 like, no, no. I would say, yes, I agree 100% with that. Did I feel it necessary for Leia to just kind of float back into her ship from space? Like, that was <laughs> for me. Oh. <laughs> like, she just, like, she just like, you know, like, I was literally, like, kind of shaking my head, like, no, like, why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely get you, but you know, like they say, hey, faith can move mountains. Apparently, it can make you float through space. So, like, <laughs> she die. like how would she still alive? I don't know. But in, the thing is, though, like if she ended there, that still would have been great because look how the movie opened when you know you thought that the rebellion really had a shot with like all the all the bombers. Um, that was a mm-hmm. lot. Right, when it opened with all the bombers and like only yeah, one yeah. of them actually succeeded like that that whole setup was a beautiful opening for this movie and but like right mm-hmm. off the bat it told you like it's not gonna go like you think it was so if they ended leia right there it would have been phenomenal and yeah. i would have been totally okay with that because she went out like and and like that's the thing with war war you can't predict it like things are gonna happen and um yeah mm-hmm. that's all i have to say about that mm-hmm. No, I agree with you a thousand percent. Like, sorry for cutting you off, Val. Like, yeah, that one bomber that actually did it was actually, you know, Rose's sister, which was pretty cool. It just added great stuff to it. Um, but overall, a phenomenal movie. And just uh, real quick before you get into your uh, opinions, Val, I wanted to ask you guys. I know one of the ramifications of this film, Val, was the fact that 
we saw a female figure. We know that it's kind of leading with the female empowerment, things of that nature. Some people didn't like that. Also, another thing was the fact that in the original, we saw Luke go through his struggles, go through his doubts, you know, get better, get stronger, as opposed to Ray, where we just saw her this fucking badass where she picked up a lightsaber and bested, you know, the grandson of Darth Vader. You know, that's one of the things that I got real hard ramifications. How do you guys feel about that? I wanted to get your views on that. How do you feel about that, Jake? Um, I know, like, it, it just goes to show you, like, hers was just based, like, you know, she was thrown into the middle of it. Like, she was. She barely knew what, what, what she was doing, but it's because she understood what she had to do. Like, and, and that's mm. what I love about it, because she wasn't a student, whereas um, Kylo Ren was a student. You know, he had training, he had, you know, he, he should have bested her, but he didn't. Why? Just because she was that epitome of pure energy, pure spirit, pure heart, everything that the force is supposed to have, even when she didn't really know what the force was. Um, but mm. that just goes to show how much power he had. And, and that wasn't so much because she was a woman either. It's just because, like, that was who her character was. And um, she knew what she had to do at that point, and she did it without any thinking whereas his was based on pure like i know this i know that here's what i can do here's what you can't do and it just goes to show you that doesn't always win no no go yeah, no, for it, uh, it. before i go ahead though no because i'll go on a rant no i want to listen to the rant. yeah brother <laughs> no no like, for, for this right here, without you. Question, <laughs> i don't see it more as gender i i, I see it as uh, you know what? Yeah. People might think I'm stupid for saying this, but Star Wars is a franchise with daddy <laughs> issues. And at the end of the day, all the main characters, all the main protagonists have some kind of a loss of a father figure that they're going to clamor to. When you know, you look at Ray's character dumped off, feeling like dirt was made to, you know, scavenge to live. Mm -hmm. um, you look at the same things with Etiquette. You look at the same thing kind of with Luke as well, too. You know, raised by aunts, but always wanted to know who his lineage was. Uh, Ray as well, too. And this movie is perfect because it drops the bomb that you're nothing. And forget what Rise of Skywalker does. This movie gives you that, that sense of, of loss. Like, okay, I don't have that parental guide. Han Solo was your parental guide in The Force Awakens, and he's dead. You know, General Organa, and fuck you, Jake, I'll tell you this right here. General Organa can do a fucking <laughs> Mary Poppins with her fucking force shield in space all she wants because she is heavily force sensitive. Just because she's never used it before doesn't mean it was like, Motherfucker, I could survive anything because I've never used this shit. So I'm OP like a motherfucker right now, okay? <laughs> so uh, she's a general for a goddamn reason, okay? That's why Padme <laughs> couldn't fucking be a general. Fucking Organa is, man. Um, but I, I see it more as, like I said, uh, for, for her aspect, I never saw it as the female agenda. I just saw this as a character that's very endearing and very relatable to everybody. And if anything, I've never saw her gender... <laughs> an issue in any of the movies whatsoever. Her gender doesn't speak volumes. It's her character that speaks volumes. What she does with her powers speak volumes. 
um, her curiosity to the force, to both sides, to the gray side of the force, not to just the light side, but even to the dark. And she has that challenge when she um, um, searches for the gray side as well. So she falls into the darkness and gets scared by it. Even Luke gets scared by it. So that right there resonates more to me than just being a female character. Um, it's, it, it speaks uh, in volumes. And just to get my thoughts on the movie, I think one of my favorite parts of this movie, honestly, is the last scene. And um, like I said, for those that seen Rise of Skywalker and what they did with that movie, this is still the better last scene. I feel like just a kid, like an Anakin, like a Luke, sweeping a slave on Canto Bite, essentially. Mm-hmm. Just that subtle use of the force and grabs the broomstick and sweeps away and looks at the stars. That's so impactful. And Jake, you you, you hit it right there of Disney making a franchise and having all these pieces to expand upon the universe. This was right here. You're out to saying anybody could be a Jedi. Anybody could wield the force. Um, it's it's in everybody itself. You just got to discover it. And I felt like uh, uh, Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker kind of cut cut that down, cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. <laughs> um, I like that. that it gave you, in, in, in such a bleak movie, because The Last of Jedi is, is, can be viewed very bleak as well, too. Um, in, in, in some regards to like Revenge of the Sith, it's a very dark movie. Um, it plays with dark tones. Um, I like Luke's duality with himself. Like um, Jay, you put it like he's he has his own feelings, his own demons that he's trying to overcome, and it's hurting him to the point where he needs to exile himself. Um, to see his mastery as a Jedi master, um, as a fucking space wizard projecting himself from planet to planet is just it just shows how brilliant Luke is as a fighter. Um, and fucking sexy ass Kylo Ren with no shirt on and his little Batman tights, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> fucking Nextel chirp. Oh, this yeah. is what I can do, bitch. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Where you at? <laughs> I can put myself in your mind any minute now. What's good? <laughs> so, I, don't know, I, I love this movie a lot. This movie. Yeah. Yes, I do have a little criticism for the jokes right at the bat. Like, some of the jokes are a little juvenile, and that is Poe's character. Poe's very much a juvenile version of Han Solo. Um, yeah, because he yeah. Be a kid though. That's why, because he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't be that. So now yeah. he's with and, people. And where the he duality of him and Finn. I, I love him mm-hmm. and Finn's relationship. Like I think they're like bromance to the tenth degree. Like they are just bromance. like peas and carrots, bro. I love them. <laughs> um, <laughs> we yeah. got together a lot of peas, <laughs> lot of peas and carrots. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I never liked that. That what is that a metaphor? I don't know, but I've never liked that because you leave Forrest Gump alone. Okay, like, that is, that's all he that's knew. Like those are two. I love carrots. I love carrots on their own, but like peas and carrots, never feed me carrots. Like that's I, I, love, I love peas and carrots because you know when you when, when you're when you're growing up in New York City, you go to the diner and you I'm ask for like peas meatloaf and, and veggies. I eat some peas, peas and, and carrots, carrots this morning. <laughs> Stir fry. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but let's get down to your number two, Jake. I want to, I'm very interested to see what you chose. 
Yeah, so um, my number two is uh, The Force Awakens. Um, This movie, you know, again, it was kind of, it kind of gave me the similar feeling to what Phantom Menace did. It had a lot of marketing, again, but like this was even different because this was Disney's first, uh, Disney's first attempt at a, at a Star Wars movie. So everyone was really curious to see what they were going to do with it. You know, again, Star Wars fans, I fucking hate Star Wars fans because it's, it's always like, <laughs> I think Star Wars fans are more to go to the negative than, you know, look for the positive and things. And they were trashing it from the beginning before it even had a chance. But it turned out to be such a great movie. And I love what they did. I like, I love Ray's character. I really do. And I was going to kind of rebuttal a little bit what you said because it wasn't yeah. just her father, it was just the absence of her parents, you know, both of them. Mm-hmm. So you got to give that the credit there. It's like, you know, but that's relatable to a lot of fucking people. It's like not just the absence of one parent, but the absence of both parents. But the same could be said with Kylo Ren because while his parents are still there, she doesn't know where her parents are. He knows, but he still feels yeah, abandoned by both, <laughs> even like, though they're both there. <laughs> Fuck you, know? you Dad! <laughs> <laughs> True crime. <laughs> um, oh, good. But it, um, I think The Force Awakens opened up so strongly oh, um, for the franchise. Uh, for the, I mean, for the for the last three that were to, that we were to get, I think it opened up very strong with the characters. And off the back again, we see now now we have the order. So um, how does how does it evolve from the first three episodes, the next three to the last three? Um, it's the Republic. So right? it's the and Republic then, going into the first um, Galactic Empire, and then from the Galactic Empire becomes the First Order because they're essentially like yeah. separatists from. From the Empire, they're like a little branch that never died off, like a little bit, bunch of American Nazis that are around the states. Basically, yeah. <laughs> all the conservatives standing here, like, we need to go out. It's our freedom, our God given freedom to go out. Like, <laughs> I can stop our weapons if I want. <laughs> I want a haircut already. It. it was written in the Bible, didn't you? <laughs> um. But that's what they are, and like, like you see that though. It, like the order is scarier than the Republic. The order is scarier from the uh, Galactic em- right, the Empire, whatever, um, because they're more radical. And you see that they're, you know, um, where I felt like the Empire's main. Uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll break away from that. But the order was very scary, you know. Um, but now you have a rebellion that's so beat up so beat up so pretty much drawn to the edge of like you know uh, uh being wiped out completely um you kind of want to see where it goes you know um and the moment that han solo and chewie walked in or e- even just seeing the millennium falcon because i honestly thought like i didn't know what they were going to do with the millennium falcon so the fact that they actually got utilized and then they brought back han solo and chewy like that was that was such a um refreshing feeling you know what i mean like it just hit all at once and you're like i got so excited it was like yeah and then they killed him and the, they bring him back and then they kill him i was like what and and you know what's so weird is i did not see his death coming it was like I written on the wall I didn't. I didn't, really? I didn't because i didn't want to 
<laughs> yes. The, right. I, I think it's because I didn't want it to happen. That's why. So when it happened, I was like, whoa, like, holy shit. Um, so it was just a very, again, it hit everything right with the emotion, with the effects, uh, with the story. And again, expanding on the universe that it, well, that we just didn't know. Too you look much at it like this too. If you oh, even go into movie. like let's say, uh, Return of the Jedi, going into the Force Awakens, <laughs> the Republic, the or not even the Rebels, the Rebels themselves, the Re- the Rebels have been in a constant flux of war since then. It's like yes, they took down the second Death Star, they took down Palpatine, they took down Darth Vader, but at the end of the day, we're still fighting. And it, it's never ending. War is never ending. Take that from Fallout right there. And it, 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 it's, it's, you see how beat up the rebellion is right there. Like they're, 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 they're struggling just to keep things together. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, too, the First Order is just so radical and great. And it, it speaks to our times, things like North Korea and very much like that, that anti establishment, fuck you attitude, demo- uh, sorry, dictatorship that they have, which. With um, I'm gonna say democracy now. <laughs> well, we're close to it. <laughs> you just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you said that. You just got me trying to cut you off. You got me thinking about America. <laughs> you look at a person like General Hux, and it really does. It it, it gives you that that almost prototypical Hitler feel to it. You look at the First Order troopers as well, too. You know marching in order, you know, saluting mm-hmm. General Hux and his speech, his rally cry that he's going to decimate the the rebellion and how they take down like four or five different planets with Starkiller base like that right there. It, it, it ups the ante. And I understand people are like, it's another fucking Death Star. But it's so much more because death is just it, it's a snap away. And it's so irrelevant to them. It's like it's a planet. It's nothing. Next, it wasn't like in A New Hope where you see Vader um, destroying um, Organa's planet, um, Leia's planet right there. You get that personal attachment like, fuck, like that was hers. This was like inconsequential. It was like X, Y, and Z, you're out. And everybody's feeling it. Anybody that, that felt the force felt that right there. So I don't know. It, it, it just upped the ante and just the characters mm-hmm. alone are just mm-hmm. so warm and welcoming. See, and and for 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 um something something as smart as Star Wars and as smart as Star Wars fans pretend to be, <laughs> like the way that I saw that, <laughs> like, no, I'm serious though. The way that, that was great, I love it. <laughs> with, the, with the destruction as a Death Star, again, they realized they had a weapon that was all powerful. Okay, how are we going to learn from that? What can we do that's better? Obviously, there was a kink in that chain. How can we fix mm-hmm. it? Okay, now we have this, and suddenly it's blasphemy. You can't have that because you had the Death Star. Again, it's the same fucking people and the same people who had a problem with um, female lead characters are all these 40, 50-year-old um, yeah, uh, Star Wars fans who probably still either live in a basement or live with their parents who smell like sweat <laughs> and go to like every Star Wars con that there is like no, just stop. This is this is a like, ever expanding universe, and it's smart mm-hmm. to have a weapon get destroyed that you knew worked, that you knew was powerful, to make it better, and that's what they did. So this how is that so wrong? No, I, I agree with you guys a thousand percent. I don't have a problem. The thing is, like you said, Jake, 
these are 40, 50 year old white men that just yeah. grew up on this shit, build Lego sets of this shit and like have it hanging off their ceiling still or some shit like that in their basement. And they just have a problem with changing trends, you know, because the thing is, if you look at it as well, humans are creatures of habit. And yep. if you step out of your comfort zone or if you switch up something on them, oh, no, I can't have that. Or, no, it feels weird. It's different, you know? So that's what the, this trilogy did. It just switched it up, flipped it, you know? And they have to ch- change, bro. And I'm I'm all for the female empowerment. I'm all for that. Um, I Like you guys said, it just wasn't just because it was Ray, a female. You see the curiosity where she was um, tied down and she was trying to use the force. You get what I'm saying? Like she I got to inject like, this hey, super you're gonna release me or whatever. You hit it you know? again with the yeah. nail. Um, it is. This is the first time I've ever seen Star Wars get a lot of flack in the, in the accounts of being prejudiced or racist. And you see that because the first trailer you get of Star Wars yeah. is Finn breathing heavily with the Stormtrooper outfit on. And already you're having mm-hmm. an outcry of fucking these Star Wars quote unquote fans saying that there's never been a black Stormtrooper before. How can you make a black Stormtrooper before? Motherfucker, you've never seen how they look underneath, bro. <laughs> Like, for all we know, they could be gray, green, fucking, I don't know. Like, we don't know what the fuck's underneath, but the fuck that you're so judgmental that Finn, a black person, is the main person as far as the the first trailer, and he's a stormtrooper, and he's a separatist as well, too, for the stormtroopers. Like, all this, like, it it was just a lot of prejudice coming out from that one character right there. It's just... It's just a lot of prejudice because it's a subject matter and we're just, I don't want to dive down because we could just dive down this rabbit hole. It's just a subject matter that's too hot for America to handle. You get what I'm saying? That's all it was. That's all, that's all it really was because like Val said, we don't know what they look like for. We know they could be Asian under that. And it's just something that was real too hot to handle. You take off the, the, the helmet and it's a brother. And it's like, but oh they my didn't God, have problems no, with a whole you know? bunch of so fucking, like... <laughs> I don't know, Kiwi, New Zealand, Jango Fets running around everywhere. That's the other thing. Like the people who had a problem with it are like the same people who enjoy the one bar mm-hmm. scene where you have like aliens of every different you know kind of like just the weirdest exactly. somebody with balls for a face it's like oh that's fine my man maui is jangle fed no one has a fucking problem <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true, bro. And it was just, it was just something that was too hot to handle. Just like Jake said, which blows my mind because you sit here, you look at the cantina, and the cantina is the most diverse thing in Star Wars. You have different aliens, different races, humans, everything. So for Finn to just cause mass hysteria, it's just a subject that America can handle. America can handle. Excuse me. So you know. Yeah. There's a deathly virus outside. It's important that people stay inside. How dare you? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm still going Jango Fat doing the haka. <laughs> uh, we got to get into your number two right now. 
all right, all right, all right. Yeah, because I could go on about fucking Force Awakens. They get Finn a lightsaber. How do you get a black a lightsaber? They fucking Windu. The fuck's wrong with y'all? Uh. Exactly. That was another thing. It was just so. It was just so epic to his character, and was fucking more plot twist because at that moment where you saw Finn, uh, Ray save him, it's like, okay, yeah, you know they're gonna have the, the love interest, but it really didn't turn out like that. So it's just. Like I said, bro, it's just like like Jake said, it's just forty year old white male that just can't handle this shit because these are the same people that bash Captain Marvel. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. But we could definitely go on and on, but what's your number two? That powerful Carol Danvers can't be the Thanos. Like that old sexy scandalous with your tight outfit. Sound like boom power for fucking King of the Hill. Okay. Okay. God damn it on Captain Marvel. <laughs> Let's not get started. Yeah, mm-hmm. Brie Larson right, in that right. Captain Marvel too. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it probably give me a little bit of flack for me being two, but hey, this was Jake's uh, earlier pick. Is um, Empire Strikes Back. I love this film. Um, like you guys said before, too, it is a perfect sequel in every way possible. It's, in, in my opinion, the best sequel that I've ever seen in any kind of franchise um, as a number two film. Um, everything from seeing Luke and Yoda in the Dagobah system to seeing Luke's training um, to seeing more force ruling abilities from Luke and Yoda. Uh, seeing the Jim Henson puppet work from Yoda was fantastic as well, too. Um, my man, <laughs> my man Han Solo picking up the lightsaber and slicing up a tauntaun, putting Luke in there like in a body bag. Get in there, son. <laughs> Stay warm. That was great. Um, Hoth is just a, such a great fucking, like, just to start off there with that like, yeah. nice fucking world. It's just different. Such like a departure from the first film. It's something totally different. Um, to get inside, you know, the... Mm-hmm. Um, the mind of Darth Vader and the mind of Palpatine as well too and how he's having his own conflictions knowing that Lucas is his son was pretty interesting as well too that reveal was fucking fire right there the reveal that Leia and Luke are related as well too is kind of fire as well too it's like alright there's there's more of a mythology happening like Jake said as well too like the layers of the mythology are unraveling in this movie um I think even the, 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 the lightsaber battle is 10 times better than A New Hope as well, too. I mean, New Hope, we're getting feebly old. Um, I was going to call him Uncle Ben. Fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi over here. He, he, he doesn't even try. He's like, what's <laughs> if you swipe me down, I'll become more powerful. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> family guy family guy does it so right too because everything like when you really think about it family guy did not exaggerate it is part. like, it like everything so like even the the, the, the the building of the romance with han and leia is fantastic the will they won't they it's pretty fun. Lando, fucking Lando is one of the best parts about that movie. The Sky City is great. Mm-hmm. How you know that he's a skeeving scoundrel that has mm-hmm. this long history with Han Solo. And of course, their little 
buddy rivalry to see who's gonna win Leia's heart is just adorable as well too. You know, Billy D. Williams is not yeah. enough for that fucking movie. <laughs> like Lando is just the truth in that. Just like someone who plays both sides, like a DJ, like we got in the Last Jedi. Someone who plays both sides, and it's great. It's like everything about that First movie, the, the carbonite scene with Boba Fett. That first entrance where you see everybody in, in that dinner table, essentially, about to have dinner with Lando, and all of a sudden, fucking Darth Vader pops up. What up, bitches? I'm about to fucking shit up right now. Like, every little part about that movie is just fantastic. And, of course, the grimness. Like, Luke is physically assaulted. He is he is defeated. Like, at that point, you don't even think Luke could even fucking start again. Why would he even train again? He got his hand chopped off. He just re- was revealed his long-lost father was this evil fucking dictator across the world choking people out. Like, a lot to fucking think about right there. Um, the, the rebellions <laughs> fucking decimated. And a new fucking um, Death Star is being made as they're talking right there. Leia gets kidnapped, essentially, as well, too. Sold into slavery. I don't know how the fuck Darth Vader felt about that. I was like, fuck my daughter. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you really think about it, like, he's like, ah, I don't really care about the son. Fuck her. Put her in some laundry for the next movie and have her choke out Jabba. <laughs> like, but everything in this movie is great. But go ahead, guys. I want to hear your thoughts on it. I don't. No, no, I agree with you a thousand percent. And, you know, uh, Lando, uh, Lando, you hear me? Lando's a character that I wish they would elaborate more on. And it's something that fans of the series always wanted, some more Lando. And like you said, just with him flirting as soon as he saw Leia. And then I found it kind of epic where, you know, is that, oh, you got my shit? And then Han Solo was like, no, you know, I wonder fair and square, whatever, blah, 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 on the bet. And then him flying Uh off with Chewie after Han got... Uh, frozen or whatever that was pretty fucking epic and stuff like that so oh, overall man it, it, it's it's just phenomenal i had another scene and i wanted to add something but i totally forgot but jake yeah you guys yes <laughs> how you feel about it real quick oh well i mean it was in my top five <laughs> um, <laughs> so i mean you, you pretty much know already know my thoughts on it and oh the other mm-hmm. thing that i was actually waiting and seeing hoping that somebody would bring up this movie again because the other thing i wanted to talk about is um, did anyone really notice the change in Yoda from this movie to like everywhere else? Like, like he was really weird and silly and like literally a character in this movie. Yeah. Like when he's like just like like uh, 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 like what, what was he in Luke's bag or something? You just see his ass. You stop that right there. You stop that right there. Horrible puppet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like he was, <laughs> I was. I was actually going to say that. That's one thing I enjoyed because, you know, uh, Kenobi tells him, go find Master Yoda. And then you just find this little green critter and he's just, you know, maniacal and bugging out and cooking. And then you just actually find out that it's Yoda himself. And then you see the progression. Nah, he's old. He's he, he 900 old. years old. He's you old. Know, I'm not saying old, but, you know, he just becomes serious and what's taken more serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my depression though, because after this, it pretty much goes backwards, and then we that have was him, his like, youth, bro. That was his last hurrah, like, his mid- midlife crisis, like, jumping, right there. Like, like him chopping down fucking Dooku <laughs> was him <laughs> saying, "Like, I right, this is my cat. Like, I'm gonna buy it this time." <laughs> 
Yoda and a caddy. <laughs> <laughs> that was his little prime, his primal rage. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just before, uh, I just wanted to add, I, I um, to piggyback off you, Val, which I, what you said, General Husk, is kind of like very, you know, Hitlerish. You kind of see that with Darth Vader, where he's just very focused on, all right, we have to eradicate this you know, race of Jedis and stuff like that. You see that. Hoth was a great planet. We have that epic scene where he fights a little abominable snowman or whatever. That was pretty fucking cool. And overall, it was... It was yes, like it was! Said, he went to town <laughs> on that motherfucker. Well, Hell yeah! Like <laughs> I enjoyed it! I enjoyed it, bro! I, yeah. I enjoyed it. He gutted the shit out of him. <laughs> but... I don't know. It was. It was just. It was just. It was honestly. I have to agree with you, Val and Jake. Um, it's probably out of a whole cinematography of what I've seen. Is a all right. Perfect, all right. Before you know, we get in to, to our number one, we're gonna take a quick, well, quick break. We'll be right back. I just want to give some shout outs to my sponsors, and then um, we'll be back. We'll leave everybody in suspense. Okay, guys. All right. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast, too, with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh... Whatever is out there, download it. It's freaking phenomenal. You guys won't regret it. Take care. Ciao. And we are back. Um, we're going to be talking about our number ones in a second, but I did want to pose a question to you guys. I know we're talking about our number ones in our favorite Star Wars movie. If you had to pick one Star Wars movie out of the bunch that was your least favorite, what would it be before you give us our number ones? Um, Jake, I want to start with you. Oh, I'm actually glad. I, I was really hoping we'd do this. Um, <clears throat> whew, this is a tough one for me because two movies are at that, you know, same level. Um, but I feel like we already talked about that with Attack of the Clones, which, again, I just, just, I just don't like that movie. Um, I'm going to give it to Solo. I think Solo was just such, I mean, and whether you count it or not, I still count it as a Star Wars movie because it is a Star Wars film. Um, I, I, I just think out of everything Star Wars that we have been given, um, Solo was just it, just, it just failed to reach it. 
it, it had the potential because Han Solo is a great character, but did we really need to know, you know, about his past? Not really. It was cool. It was fun. I love prequels. I'm just like Jay. I love prequels. I think prequels are great when they're done right. It just, it just wasn't done right. Um, so I think, I think Solo really missed it. I mean, and even the joke, you know, with Star Wars where it's like he did, what did, what did he do in, in 12 parsecs? Um, you know, it oh, even gave us that. Um, uh, 12 four seconds, something like that. Yeah, 14, <laughs> yeah, they say four. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, you were the one that did it 14 parsecs. 12, exactly. yeah. 12 parsecs. Um, they even gave us that, you know, it, it even shined some light on that, which was pretty cool. But again, there was like an unnecessary love story in there. Um, you know, it, it just, it, I didn't like the character that the, the guy that they got to play Han Solo. I didn't think it, you know, but even even trying to throw in the backstory for uh, uh, um, what's his name? Um, uh, Woody Halston's character? No, 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 no. Um, Lando. Oh, Lando, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, even throwing in Lando's uh, uh, backstory was, 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 you know, interesting. But again, they just missed the mark every single time. There's really not much to say about that movie. It's just literally it, something to kill the time you can put this movie on and it'll just be background noise um but if we're gonna stay with like canon star wars movie i'm gonna give it to attack of the clones damn okay. bro attack of the clone getting no love <laughs> <laughs> jay what about you well i'm definitely gonna have to piggyback off uh jake on this one because they did this movie so wrong if i had a bad one i would pick solo um to me, this was the opportunity to shine light on a character that's so beloved and badass, which is Han Solo. You get what I'm saying? And you do none of that. You just really wasted your time casting these big names from, um, what's her name, Amelia Clark or whatever, to Donald Glover, to Woody Harrelson, things of that nature, to Happy Hogan, which I love Happy Hogan, but, you know, like... <laughs> terrible this was your moment to show a more how can i sit here and say the more gritty i don't want to say gangster because that's just a terrible word but the more gritty cutthroat aspect of star wars with the smugglers and things of that nature you could have did that here but you did not capitalize on that and that's why solo falls fucking short in my list honestly and it was directed by ron howard i didn't know that like ron howard like I would not see that and think like, "Wow, Ron Howard directed that!" Like, no, it's uh... mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was terrible, man. Like, like I said, it was it was the perfect moment to show mm-hmm. some light, gritty aspect, and you know, show that cutthroat, quote unquote, favela style of Star Wars, that very gritty street style. But you didn't capitalize on it, and that's why I think it fell short. How do you feel, Val? What's your least favorite? <laughs> how do you- so- First of all, yeah. But Solo, I, I don't mind Solo. The thing about Solo is this. It was going to be a movie that was going to happen regardless, the same way I feel like a Boba Fett movie is going to happen regardless, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> so it's one of those things where if this wasn't Han Solo, I guarantee everybody would have probably liked this movie. Like if this was a totally like a bounty hunter movie or like a scavenger yeah. movie, then this would have been a totally acceptable movie. I think Woody Harrelson is great. I think Amelia Clark, this is her best movie that I've seen her in besides fucking Game of Thrones. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think everything pretty much hits on all cylinders. Even the train sequence scene is pretty dope. I just think that it, it has the moniker of being the Han Solo movie. 
that yeah. it kind of just it, it, it sours people but i don't think it's a bad movie per se um i say the worst movie to me and i'll get flagged for this i don't give a damn is return of the jedi i think return of the jedi is a fucking boring movie from start to finish i think that it has no soul at certain parts <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that we make a huge jump, like a huge leap, the same way we did with Anakin in, in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Uh, the same way we got with Luke, it was just a lot, very much like someone who's very confident, but kind of going both ways into with his powers and his power level. Um, I didn't really care for it that much. I felt like we sacrificed a lot of character development. The original plan was supposed to be on Kashyyyk with Wookiees instead of Ewoks. So knowing that, and he had how George Lucas had to kind of like settle for just Ewoks just for kids' sake and making toys and shit like that is kind of underwhelming. And um, besides like the last scene of Vader tossing um, um, the Emperor down the fucking chute, like I didn't give a damn about this movie. Like nothing really invested um, that length of time and that amount of like stupidity. I think even as Han Solo <laughs> sacrifices a lot of character development as well too. He's very much a gritty, savvy veteran when it comes to surviving. And this movie, he's acting like more of a soldier and you're seeing all his flaws right there. Like constantly he's being rescued by Leia or somebody else. Uh, Luke, uh, especially in the beginning of the movie, he rescues him as well too from Carbonite. So it's like throughout the whole damn movie, he's being forced to be rescued. I feel like his character, he checked out already. It's even been told that he checked out in this movie. He actually wanted to be killed. And he felt like that that what they did in The Force Awakens was justifiable to his character. So I feel like all that right there, it's only a one-note movie with the last scene of the two dueling lightsabers. And even if you watch that, it doesn't really age well. Like, it's very slow, methodical. Like, it's just, uh, like kind of boring we get like one backflip from fucking luke that, and everybody's like oh my god mark camel could do a fucking backflip great um i don't care about it and then you get the remastered edition where you get like instead of darth uh, vader the actor that plays darth vader his name escapes me i apologize people but you get fucking Anakin fucking hayden christensen's version of darth vader <laughs> like celebrating with everybody like i felt that was weird it didn't really feel like this grand end to star wars it felt like we won a battle like, we won a battle on Endor, and we're celebrating with the fucking nub-nubs. And, like, I get it. Cool. But, like, this is something that we're supposed to be, like, like celebrating. We fucking killed the Emperor. We killed Darth Vader. Everybody should be going fucking nuts. And it's just like, all right, some symbols and some fucking bears, and that's about it. That's just my feeling, though. No, I – a hundred – I'm sorry. I didn't know who was going to go first. But, like, no I feel yeah. the exact same way about this movie. This was the least – uh, my least favorite of the original three uh, trilogy. I this movie was so boring to me. I never really liked it. Like the last battle didn't feel like a last battle, and I don't want to just blame the Ewoks, even though like there's a lot to blame with them. <laughs> like I see them and I think of the dummy bears from uh, Rugrat. <laughs> no, um, oh. There's nothing that stood out about this battle like at all. Like it just. And, and like, you're right. Like, just should have been, like, a huge, huge celebration, a celebratory end. They didn't even do that with a – I only saw it the one time, but I don't even think they did, even did that kind of celebration with um, Rise of Skywalker either. It was just more of, like, a sigh of relief. But, like, that's how beat up they were. And this one, like, they, they took out huge 
huge wins, but there was no real emotion to convey that. And yeah, you're right. It it just it had a it, this movie did not out of the other two, these or the other three, the um the this movie did not age well at all. And I honestly thought that it just didn't fit almost. I mean, the script wise, yes, but like as far as excitement and and you know continuance. It, it just, no. I could skip this one and I'll be completely fine. Yeah, I mean, like 45 minutes of Luke in handcuffs with Darth Vader, you will turn. No, I won't. You will turn. Nah! <laughs> go, go, go ahead, Jay. <laughs> I'm sure that's where the term comes to the dark side. We have cookies derived from. <laughs> but, um, I, I get what you're saying because also I saw little comedical aspect. I don't know why I was laughing when they were gonna make they were making Luke walk the plank and then he just like hanged off, popped up with the lightsaber, things of that nature. Like <laughs> you know, I had that little aspect and I agree, you know, this is the trilogy, the culmination of a trilogy, and then just to celebrate it around a bonfire, you know, it was just very lackluster. So I see why you chose this one as, you know, probably your worst film. So I agree with you. I, I gotta say this too, man. Like, uh, with that too, like, it just goes back to my number five. And I'll say it. I know you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, but I think out of all mm-hmm. the ending of the trilogies, I think Revenge of the Sith is a perfect end to a trilogy. I think it oh. leaves you wanting more for A New Hope and the movies to come afterwards. Um, Rise of Skywalker did not do that for me whatsoever, and Return of Jedi didn't do that for me. So I'm not too sure if it's not knowing how to stick a landing, but it's just, uh, it was tough. That's my opinion, though. No, I agree with you, and it could be that they don't know how to stick a landing, so, because it was just very awkward from what we got. You know, all these new trilogies get some slack, the new trilogy, but then you got Return of the Jedi, and you don't get no, no fucking criticism, so... I don't know, man. But I, 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 I do sure. know how to finish. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. we're we're down to the wire right here. We're at our number one. So Jay, oh. let's lead us off. What is your number one Star Wars movie? If this Return to Jedi, I am so fucking sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, number one movie. You know what? It actually is Return to Jedi, bro. You know, <laughs> you guys. I'm going home. Even I'm already home, so I'm just gonna lock off. Screw it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My number one movie goes full circle with my number five, The New Hope. And I'll probably get some slack for this. I don't know how you guys are gonna feel about this. I don't know how everybody's out there is gonna feel about this. But my number one movie is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. That's my number one movie. My favorite Star Wars movie because I feel that. You know, for what they did, hey, we're going to bring back the franchise. We're going to do a trilogy. It was very good. Just like you said, it was perfect. It, you know, it was an awesome lubricant to it. And it's a very emotional movie. Like, I'm probably going to sound like the emo guy of this podcast, but I've only cried for two movies in my life. Now I'm going to sit here and say three. I've only cried for Selena when they threw the rose on the stage. Then I cried for Armageddon when Bruce Willis, his life was flashing before his eyes. With Ben Affleck's beautiful chops. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I cried for Armageddon, and the third movie that I cried for was 
Rogue One because this movie touches every emotion. Is like you said, right from the beginning, you have tragedy where you see Jin, where her father gets kidnapped, her mother gets killed. Um, it was so perfect because, like you said, along it, it just goes full circle with a new hope for me because once again we see a band of misfits, you know, form up things of that nature where we see uh, Captain that deflects from. Uh, what's his name? Um, Rook, Rook, something like that. He deflects, right? Mm-hmm. I think that he deflects. Mm-hmm. And comes with the hol- the hollow tape, saying that hey, they're gonna form the Death Star, things of that nature. We got saw Guerrera. We have a reprogrammed Imperial Droid K two S O, which is kind of like the counterpart to C three P O, which C P three P O was more-, more badass though. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You know, C P was just very. Uh, spitting out probabilities, very nervous, ranting, and K2 was just very fucking badass, crude humor, and straight to the point and blunt. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's why I enjoyed it. And then it's just very, for me, being a gamer, being the person that loves fantasy action, all that, things like that, it's just a very, very fucking epic adventure just to find the blueprint for the Death Star, like you said, to save. It's it's all a bigger call. You know what I'm saying? They go on this adventure and it's all a bigger cause. They know they're just a small pond in this bigger cause. And you have the unique characters, like I said. Um, and this is very, very emotional. You see them, what I like, you see them, just like you said, Val, or earlier, where you said you don't have to be a wielder of the force. You just have to kind of believe in it, where we see the blind monk kind of he just believes in the force you know what i'm saying and then he has his mercenary partner and stuff like that so that's i just like it as a band of misfits and then uh the tragedy of where they all get picked off one by one where we see saw guerrero just get picked off with the test shot from the the death star where he just stays in the capital he's like oh you go stuff like that we see rook he gets blown up by the grenade we see k2 sacrificing himself for Jin and Cassian to get the blueprints and the information out. And then just honestly, the the, the battle on, I may butcher this, uh, Scarif, right? That's what it's called. Scarif, mm. that was fucking epic for me. Kind of reminds me of uh, the battle in The Last Jedi, where we see all the motions and the fields and stuff like that. And where we see the Death Star just very uh, impactful. You know, we know it's this weapon that can blow up planets but we see it in its majestic form as it's rising from the horizon i think that was very impactful and then just seeing it and the motion from cassian and jen just riding the elevator the slow motion them embracing knowing that hey we're fucked you know we're not getting out of this alive but the ultimate goal we achieved it which was getting the blueprints out and the information to the alliance and the rebels and stuff like that and it was very emotional for me. I, I'm, I'm getting choked up right now just thinking about it where they sit down on the beach. And like you said, you see the character development of Jin, where Cassian tells her your father would have been proud of you. You know, your father would have been proud. And then you just see the big cloud of mushrooms just engulf them. And then it just goes white. And then it goes back to what you said, Val, where it just plays perfect. Not a lot of pre-sequels capitalized, but this one did it great where... They shoot up the information. Leia gets it. That was another thing before I get to that part. That was another thing where we know the movie's ending, but you still get some fucking plot twists where 
the rebels are escaping, but out of nowhere, boom, here comes Darth Vader. Like, uh, I got you. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to stop you and I'm going to shoot you down. That was fucking phenomenal, in my opinion. And then Vader coming on the ship, being a badass. Oh, I need those blueprints. And then just Leia saying, hey, we have some new hope. And then leading into new hope. It was fucking phenomenal, bro. And that's why I have to sit here and say Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movies of all times, honestly, bro. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that's my number one. I got to say this about Rogue One as well, too, that I forgot to mention. Mm. This movie did more to the mythology and to the lore of what Jedi, what a Jedi was or what Jedi is with the planet of Jedi because yeah. you see this in the prequels and you see the Jedi and their formations and the Jedi Council. And honestly, they just look like a bunch of bur- bureaucrats with lightsabers. That's really what it looks like, unfortunately. And in this movie, you see... You know, the Jedi Temple. You see statues mm-hmm. of legendary Jedis crumbled and fallen. And it, it just it enhances the mythos and it makes you want, honestly, a Knights of the Old Republic movie. That's what I would want to actually establish what a Jedi really is or what a Sith wielder really is. The rule of two with the Sith, you know, the Jedi and his Padawan, his apprentice, and having those movies and getting the older view of why Jedis were so revered and so worshipped in a way. Um, this movie gave you that in like five seconds with all those statues and i felt like that was very impactful it did more to me of what i want to see that jedis than any of the prequels did that was just my opinion go ahead jake no uh i honestly agree i mean <laughs> it really was a, a phenomenal movie that i wasn't expecting um to captivate me that the way that it did beautiful movie no, yeah, and and I think it just did so well for me. I don't know how anybody else feels, but for me, you know, I think they released it around Christmas time, right? If I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, they released it around Christmas. That was a great move for them because Christmas, everybody's in the mood, cherry loving. Star Wars is very reminiscent, um, and they just like you said, one key feature that I think they did well was just making it a bad business. What we saw in New Hope, we saw Leia. We saw the farmer boy and we saw uh, Solo. You know, here you got the rebel extremist or Guevara that saves her from that little hatch, the the pilot that deflected. Then we got Jen that she grows up into who she is. And then we see the monk with his mercenary friend. It just touched everything that was kind of Star Wars, but added a new spin to it. And it's just, you knew, like you said, you knew they're not going to survive this. But you wanted them to survive it. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, no, you have to make it. And the fact that you just saw them blow up everything, it was just like, damn, bro, that's Phil's right there. <laughs> and see, here's the thing about this. This is why I think this movie separates itself from Solo because I felt when I heard that they were going to make a Han Solo movie, the same way I felt like when they were going to make a Bubble Fett movie or the rumors of Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, I just felt it was not needed because we had enough character development out of all these prequels and even in the main um trilogy as well too we had enough character development who we knew who han solo was i don't need to know that han solo had any more backstory i need to know (laughs) how han solo got the han name you know i you know it just made no fucking sense to me because (laughs) already I, i didn't need him to see meet chewy for the first time in a fucking cellar like i didn't care for that um, but I need to see what these rebels were up uh, up against against the Death Star, how, how mm-hmm. their lies, how a small band of mythics who don't have any force abilities, who have yeah. no connection to the Skywalker lineage whatsoever. These are uh, the people that are 
far away from what's happening in the main story that are being affected by everything around it. That's what it made it so impactful right there. Um, mm. If we were to focus more on those stories, I think that's why The Mandalorian was so good is because it's in its own little sector of the universe. Yes, it's still Star Wars, but everything that's happening with the Empire, uh, with um, the start of the new, uh, the new Order, the First Order and whatnot, and all the other bounty hunters that are happening around there, even the little introduction of Baby Yoda, whatever it is right there, <laughs> that's, that's all in its own pocket universe. It's its own standalone story. So yeah. it makes sense. It makes you want to want it more because it's new. It's not something like fucking Solo or who wants to see Obi-Wan Kenobi all fucking crazy and tattooing? I don't. I don't care about old man Kenobi fucking playing checkers. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> Give me Obi-Wan Kenobi playing some checkers. I want that. <laughs> no, yeah. But, but I agree with you because this is something different. Like you said, these people really didn't have that connection to the Force and they were so impactful and they were kind of like... Um, I don't want to say, you say the founding fathers, but you get what I'm saying. They were to push for that new hope. And then, honestly, another another scene which was fucking crazy, which I totally forgot. Jen going through all that she's going through, and then to have her father die in her arms, bro, that 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 fucking broke me down. I was like, oh my god, you get what I'm saying? So it's a very it's a good movie done gracefully and master masterfully, and it touches on every emotion, honestly. Mm-hmm. Jake, we want to hear from you now. What is your number one? So my number one um, is, a, in my personal opinion, just like a fantastic movie um, from, from from the beginning. And it was actually one that um, one of the one of the movies that again I just couldn't watch because I kept falling asleep on it. I would get like 15 minutes in and then I would just die. I would just, you know, crash out. And it got to a point where I stopped trying and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not going to do this movie anymore. Um, until I finally did it and I was just, um, and um, that was actually Rogue One. Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, and what I think it does is, is I think, uh, Frank kind of noted. I mean, everything that y'all said about this movie is just right on point. Um, it's just a tragedy. This is not mm-hmm. a movie that, in a way, it has a happy end because you know that they did succeed, but it's still a tragedy. And the whole movie spends its time introducing you to some of the best characters that, even though we only see them for this one movie, some of the best characters in this as I say, ever expansive universe, you're meeting these characters and one by one, you're just losing them. Just one after the other, after the other. And the cast, the cast that is, that is on this movie is fantastic. Felicity Jones, Diego Luna. Um, I, the only <laughs> other movie I saw Diego Luna on was on um, What? No, no, because you say Diego Luna makes me think about Night of the Rockberries. Diego Luna. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> oh, forgot all about that. Um, Alan, uh, Alan, tu- uh, Alan Tudyk. That's his name. Mm-hmm. He's like, he was yeah. like Donnie Yen. Like Donnie Yen's character was just like phenomenal in this movie. Um, it, again, it was just one after the other. Forrest fucking Whitaker was on here, you know. It was just a fantastic. <laughs> they and you know what? The a lot of credit has to go to um, John Favreau um, for this. Uh, 
I'm trying to remember exactly what role that he had on this, but I know he had a role in this because um, John Favreau was also involved. I think he was like a, a major producer for this movie, but John Favreau um, was also, um, he was a creator of Mandalorian. Um, so like that proved mm-hmm. to me that John Favreau, like he knows, he knows Star Wars. Um, he, he knows what he wants to do with Star Wars. And I think that uh, John Favreau, has the ability to make a full full length um, Star Wars film and direct it. Um, so this movie, just from beginning to end, just hits on every single point. That's so why I'm glad I finally convinced myself to watch it again. After I did, I think I hit you up, Frank, right away, right after I finished watching mm-hmm. it. I'm like, bro, why is this the greatest fucking movie ever? Um, and, and I love how it was literally just the most simplest idea because once we jump into, um, um, uh, you know, the very first Star Wars movie, you know, they're talking about the plan for the Death Star. Where are they? We know you have them. Like, what's going on? Just taking that simple idea, which was basically nothing but the floating credits at the beginning of the movie and making it its own movie was brilliant because you get to see how all that went down. And it was literally by the most unlikely group of people. And because they were all diverse. They all had different backgrounds. They all had they all had different um, uh, uh, they all had different paths. They all had different um, motivations. Motivations. There you mm-hmm. go. They all had different motivations, but because they combined them all, it's just like how you know we kind of meet each other. You know, we all come from different paths. We all have our different motivations, our different goals. But you know, when we put them all together you know we get we get these podcasts we get like some of the best friendships that you'll ever have in your entire life so it was just a brilliant movie hitting on all points and um i'm so thankful for that movie and i'm sad that it didn't get the recognition that it deserves i think it it, it does get the recognition i think people are just scared to talk about it because the 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 big three are like what like um new hope empire and um because probably maybe one of the prequels as well too and i think it's because of the fact that it doesn't have the skywalker lore to it like the moniker to it this main story to it people are afraid to touch that but it's a very it it proves on two points you don't need a lightsaber besides the last five minutes of the movie you don't need a lightsaber and you don't need the skywalker lineage whatsoever to make a good star wars movie and people are scared to say that i agree with you and Damn it, you don't have to be a, a hero to be a fucking phenomenal, you know, group or band or whatever it is. You know, you could be a B-class hero, and that's, quote-unquote, what we get to me, they're A-heroes, because this is my favorite Star Wars movie. But, you know, and like you said, it just doesn't get that because we didn't see the lightsabers and the force and the choking out and the chopping of the arms and all that. So, but it just goes with what Jake has been saying from the beginning. It's a ever expanding universe, you know? So the Star Wars universe is something that you can just keep on going forever and ever, which is kind of like what they wanted to do with The Walking Dead. I'm going to just go left field real quick. You know, when The Walking Dead first started, they said, we're not just going to do it this, comic-wise. You know, we're not going to do it this. We're not just going to have this amount of comics. We're going to make it an expanding universe. And that's what you can do with Star Wars. But these people are so close-minded. No, give me the original trilogy. That's all I like, you know? So, bro, there's more out there. You know? Yeah, there's more out there. And we see this with Rogue One, 
The Last Jedi, The Force Awakens, and stuff like that, man. Honestly. Mm-hmm. I love those picks, guys. That oof, Both of those are hard to follow up right there. I love Rogue One. <laughs> I know it's my number three right there. But yeah, let's be like, your number one. You got some weight now. Let's see. <laughs> oh, my number one. You should notice already, Jay. My number one says, fuck you to the franchise. It says, <laughs> fuck you to the status quo. It says, fuck you to the smart fans out there that just love their Star Wars and everything <laughs> is viable when it comes to it. <laughs> my number one is The Last Jedi. I think <laughs> this is, to me, the most perfect Star Wars film of <laughs> all time because of the fact that it answers questions but not the answers that you as an audience wanted and i think that because of the fact that it challenged an audience it challenged filmmakers it challenged the whole fucking studio to rewrite what they were doing to get back into the course correction from um what they were doing with um the force awakens like it, it was so controversial in subtle ways it wasn't this like giant change they just said no, your lineage does not matter, Ray. And that got fucking people pissed off. You kill Snoke, that got fucking people. Oh, I want answers. Why? Who the fuck cares? This is something completely different. We're going to give you our story. And there's one thing that I do love about directors that are this ballsy like Ryan Johnson. They don't give a fuck what the fans have to say. They're going to pay some respect. In my opinion, they played Yoda the best respect out of all Star Wars movies besides Empire Strikes Back. Yoda was fantastic. You got the same puppet um, that was used as well to release a, <laughs> a version of it. You know, he was kooky, cranky, and going crazy, even as a Force ghost. And him communicating with Luke by the by the Jedi tree, by the Jedi temple right there, was fantastic mm-hmm. to see that exchange. Mm-hmm. It was so reminiscent. It was what you loved about Star Wars. Um, the duality of a, of a light side and the dark side and how Luke just wants to form that together. It's all, all gray fucking force. Like it, it doesn't matter. You could have, you could have light, you could have dark hell. If you go into the mythos, the only reason why, well, there's one reason why fucking Samuel Jackson has a purple lightsaber is because he requested it. But George <laughs> Lucas actually wrote um, as part of the script because he has a purple lightsaber, Mace Windows, the only force wielder that can tap into the dark side, but use it as a positive um, force. Um, that's the only reason why his kyber crystal is purple. So I found that pretty um, interesting as well, too, that we've had gray force wielders in the past, and Luke wants to merge that together. This is not your prototypical Luke Skywalker. This is not the cookie-clean baby face that you were getting in all those fucking original movies. No, he's damaged. He's broken. He is destruct. He does not know what to do whatsoever. He has given up on life, essentially. He's fucking draining space cows to get some milk, (laughs) green milk, and fucking drinking it right out the tea. <laughs> like he's saying fuck you to lightsabers he's saying fuck you to basically everybody his family his friends because he know in his head he fucked up he, he literally almost took a life a family member and that hesitation that he didn't do it basically murdered half the galaxy already um so he feels partially to blame right there like this little fucking miscreant that he chose to fucking train <laughs> if he had killed him yes it would have morally hurt him and crippled him but mostly a lot of people would have probably been alive still there probably wouldn't have been a uh, a dramatic first order so luke 
definitely takes that. People hate that. People hate to see Luke Skywalker flawed and damaged and broken. And it killed people. It killed people to see their quote-unquote hero be this damaged. I loved it because it gave Luke purpose. The purpose that really wasn't there for Return of the Jedi was fully there in last, uh, The Last Jedi. Um, and then just to see how fucking of a magical wizard he was with the fake-out fight at the end uh, on the Battle of Crate, going to town, doing all the moves that you wanted to see Luke do in the fucking first place, people. All the shit you were complaining about. I want to see Luke do flips. I want to see Luke, you know, do all this force shit with the lightsaber. You got it, essentially. It was just ghost version of him. So, I mean, it hit everything on every damn level. Hell, it expanded more on Finn's lineage. Uh, you got a new character with Rose and a different love interest right there. So that way you can leave Rey to do whatever she needs to do. The, the chemistry between her and Kylo was fantastic. The duality of Kylo, knowing that he's a good person doing bad things. Or he's a bad person that wants to do good. You don't know. And that's why he's such an endearing character in this movie. Maybe in Force Awakens, he's a little emo. Maybe he was just a little fucking too damaged. They're like, all right, back off, buddy. But in this movie, it's a perfect blend. He's conflicted. And the only person that could probably understand that is Rey, which is why he's so fucking pulled to her spirit. It works because Rey's damaged as well, too. Um, I just thought the it's just a perfect movie. The fucking lightsaber battle that that's just one of my favorite battles in Snoke's throne room. The way that they both just go mm -hmm. to town using each other's lightsabers at one point was just, it shows the duality of light and darkness together. And that gray energy, if brought together, this is what can happen. This is what it can accomplish. Um, I could go on, but I want to hear your thoughts, guys. I, I love it, bro. I'm just actually listening to you and just, so passionate about this movie and i agree you know this is a great movie like when i chose it for my number two i said if people actually sit here and watch it without the he said she said bro this is a phenomenal movie but the thing is you know people are creature habits and they don't they don't want nothing new and different but like you said you can explore on the fin lore and then we see the little poe danren and hey i'm ray i'm poe you know at the end and um uh Leia at the end saying like this is all we need we have everything we need here to to do what we have to do and bro it's it's just a phenomenal movie as well but people just don't give it a chance because they're so tunnel vision on the trilogy and like Jake says some Star Wars fans are really horrible because they're just tunnel vision on the trilogy I get it that's a classic leave it at the pedestal try something new bro you know don't be afraid to try something new. it's always good to step out of the comfort zone and I agree with you. I, bro, I can't follow up what you said. You said a phenomenal, so fucking passionate, and I love it, and I was entranced listening to you, and Last Jedi is great, man. Honestly. Bro, I gotta say this one more thing, too. No matter what you would have done on Luke Skywalker, it would have never met anybody's uh, expectations. No, of course No not. matter yeah. what. And you know what you did with him? You made him a version of Yoda and crazy old Ben Kenobi in mm -hmm. one person. You got to have that callback <laughs> to the original trilogy. So I don't know what the fuck people are crying about that. Like, that's basically his father figures, in a way, or his grandfather figures, morphed into one. That's all he knows as a fucking, like, parental guidance right there. These fucking two schmucks. And no, plus his fucking true. father. So, like, yeah. it, it, it works on that level. And then the biggest thing that really that just drives home to me, his sacrifice. His sacrifice, mm -hmm. number one, to go and, and isolate himself so he could learn a way to defeat the First Order. And ultimately, he almost does by 
forcing himself from planet to planet to the, essentially expose an emotional Kylo Ren. Like, that right there was a win mm-hmm. right there to see how emotional that fucker is, push come to shove. Like, people don't get that. No, I agree with you. And just the fact that he tapped into that emotion where we saw Kylo Ren get out of character, where Hugs had to snap him back in, like, that's enough, you know, and all that. And when he was fighting him, going crazy, trying to, you know, and it, it, it was great. It was done phenomenal. I just think people just... A lot of he said, she said, and, you know, they were just caught up on the original trilogy, man. And I don't know. I, I love it. Like, it's one of my, it's, it's my number two. So how do you feel, Jake? I mean. Oh, I, yeah. I am in, in total agreement with that. Uh, it's the detail that was, you know, uh, taken in this, in this, in, in this film was phenomenal. That, that fight scene with Snoke, you know, it, and it wasn't even just so much mm-hmm. Snoke, it's, the, the bodyguards that were like in that room were like some of the most like simple but like most badass looking you know people that I've ever seen in a Star Wars movie. I was like, bro, mm-hmm. these guys look fantastic, and they had like some weird. They didn't have lightsabers, but they had like weapons with like that kind of power. Like it was yep. brilliant. Like it was yeah. like holy shit. Like those. Like I want a like a toy of that because they were just so badass. I want a giant poster of those things because they were they look so badass, you know. Um, and it it it's just you're right, you know. Honestly, I was so torn between this one and Force Awakens because again, like the reason why I chose Force Awakens over this one just because like Force Awakens started it all, you know what I mean? And uh, you know the same way that I felt about Empire Strikes Back is the Last Jedi was a perfect. Uh, sequel to Force Awakens, you know, um, it it basically took everything that um, you know inside and outside of the movie. It took everything that happened in um, Force Awakens and said, okay, here's what's next. And it took all the backlash, all the all the commentary, and everything people felt about it, and said, you know what, we're gonna multiply that by ten and see how you really feel about it. And they came out with a fantastic movie. I championed this movie so much because of the fact that they they felt the need to course correct from this movie and they completely did a whole 360 with Rise of Skywalker and catered to a fucking audience that couldn't handle change and it kills me because I could imagine I could imagine what the rise of Skywalker would have been had we not went course correction. Now, I, I get it. If I know you haven't seen it, Jay, I'll just yeah. say this. I can see on both ends. I can see from a studio point of view that the, the direction that they were going with um, uh, Force Awakens and how nostalgic it was paying kind of tribute to the old trilogy, to the original trilogy. Um you probably want to go in a certain direction there. And I could see how Last Jedi was a bump in your initial direction. I get it. But the fact that they completely just discarded mostly everything that The Last Jedi had to offer was a discredit to that movie, to the director, and to the people that love that movie. That's just my opinion, though. If, <clears throat> for, the pod, you know, for the podcast say. If you want to really elaborate on that, go ahead, bro. Because, I mean, I'm still going to watch it regardless. You know, so if you want to elaborate on it, knock yourself out. And you, Jake, as well. You know, even though I haven't seen it. I'm just... Rather you see it. 
I, I'd rather you see it too. I'll just say like this: they make Ray's lineage like too much of the movie in in Rise of Skywalker. The, the only thing, sorry for cutting you off. The only thing that I've heard, I haven't really dabbled too much into it because I'm just really trying. I'm the type of person that I just want everybody to get it out, and I watch it on my own time. Um, I just heard that she's what the granddaughter of something of Darth Sidious or some shit like that. So yeah, I mean, I've really into it. Yeah. She's a granddaughter of a clone of fucking Darth Sidious. No, look at that. No. And it's like mm-hmm. Darth Sidious has been controlling everything that's been happening since um, the Force Awakens. I'm like, okay. Granted, if we probably would have had J.J. Abrams' vision of what The Last Jedi probably would have been, maybe we could have trickled in some hinkerings that the Emperor is still around. But that was just a bombshell that was just dropped just for nostalgia's sake. I say that. It was just like, we need to save this franchise. Uh, 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 bring back the Emperor. Um, yeah. And even it, it comes out as a plot fucking um, hole as well, too. It's like, you're seeing Kylo. First thing you see is Kylo looking for like this device to track down Palpatine. Oh, okay, where the fuck was this exposition happening in Last Jedi, or even a, a hint of that whatsoever? Um, you have this final order that's been um, in like the shadows, that's bigger than the First Order and bigger than the Galactic Republic, and it's been hiding just because <laughs> we've been waiting for a person to take fucking Sidious's place. So what? If fucking Kylo would have never discovered him, nothing would have fucking happened. Like it just—it it was too fucking convenient for fucking convenience' sake. So you're telling me that basically Darth Sidious is gone. <laughs> That's what it is. Like, <laughs> he's, he's gone. <laughs> on all this. Yeah. I gotta up. check it out. <laughs> and like, I see what they're doing. Like I said, if if we would have never had Last Jedi, and we would have probably went through the cookie cutter method. And just said maybe we could introduce certain things that way when we get to uh, Rise of Skywalker, it makes sense. Then I understand. But you had a direction, Mm -hmm. and Ryan Johnson implemented that direction and said, This is what I would want to see out of Star Star Wars universe, something different. Um, The biggest takeaway that I get and the biggest discredit I give the Rise of Skywalker is that, of course, once again, anybody could be a force wielder. And it, it it goes from that general point of view that we got from Last Jedi to more of a singular point of view once again with fucking Rey trying to channel all the Jedi that have ever died or lived in the world so that way she could communicate with them only. I'm like, well, that fucking takes the shit out of what we were doing in the last movie right now. Like, the movie uh, gives you hope for a newer generation for a brighter future and now we're just bringing it back to Rey again as a central character Rey and Sidious that's basically it and then Kylo fucking murking around like Kylo I feel like he <laughs> suffered too man like I like he has his duality and Jake maybe you could back me up on this a little too too I felt like his character suffered as well too because we've seen him so tragic in the in the first two movies that for him now to actually gain a fucking conscience it was like a little too little too late, bro. But, like, that was just my opinion. So, wait, you're telling me Kylo gains a conscience after all this? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to hear Jake's opinions on this. Go ahead, Jake. <laughs> um, so, there were a lot of reasons um, that I, I, I did enjoy Rise of Skywalker for a lot of reasons. But the reasons that I felt hurt the movie 
again, I think it's strictly because of fans. Like, I think the fans mm-hmm. are the reason why that movie failed or flopped, really. Um, because, again, like, it, they had to make, you know, um, that nostalgic reference for no reason. Like, what was the reason for Palpatine? There was no reason for that. But, again, it's because fans can't get off shit, right? But I think the biggest issue that I had with um, Rise of Skywalker was what they did to um, uh, uh, Leia, uh, General Organa. I, 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 I get it. I get what they were trying to do. And I get that, you know, her death, you know, really affected what they did. But it's how they covered that um, and tried to give her closure in that movie. It just, oh, God, like it. I think I think we saw it together, didn't we? We uh, did. Frank? We did. Yeah, it it made me cringe so fucking bad because one of the best movie characters to ever come out in a in in a in a series in a franchise, her closure to me was just like oh, well, it was forced. No pun intended. It, it really was. It was so forced, so forced. But again, you know. Um, I, I know that like there there was just mounting pressure on this movie from the fans for every decision that was made here, and again this was this was all like fan reasons. But um, it had great themes. What 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 I love too that I don't think anyone has really ever touched up on, you know, all the way up into this movie was the score. The score just like oh it, it you know Star Wars score has always been a huge part of what makes this series good. And from Force Awakens to Rise of Skywalker, I think the score is what kind of keeps you engaged and makes you feel what you feel during a certain fight scene, during a certain, you know, uh, a tragical moment or, you know, anything of that similar. Um, and and um, it, the, the cons outweigh the uh, pros in this film. But again, I don't want to say too much because it's still you. It still needs to be watched. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I, I think there are a lot of cons, but it's, it's not worse than than Return to Jedi. I think it has no. a lot more pros <laughs> than, than Return to Jedi. Uh, the lightsaber battles are pretty sweet. You know, uh, the final segment with her and Palpatine is pretty sweet as well. Too um, a lot of different callbacks. Um, you know, this is a, there's a lot of good in it. It's just I felt like there's a lot of forced stuff happening in that movie just to make fans happy, like Jake said. And the biggest thing that kind of kills me right now is if you're trying to do a redemption angle with Kylo and his mother being the crux of his redemption, that kind of is a slap in the face to Ryan Johnson because we see in The Last Jedi that Kylo doesn't give a fuck. He has that one split second of saying, fuck, this is my mom's. Fuck mm-hmm. it. And blows up the ship. And blows it up, yeah. So right then and there, he he, you see the ruthlessness from Kylo, and I see Kylo more as damaged goods. And no matter what his pure intentions could be, as a lost child looking for someone to tell him stop, because that's what he is essentially. He's someone waiting for someone yeah. to tell him, "Yo, chill." He want, he needs a hug. He needs a hug. He's waiting for Ray to give him that <laughs> hug. Straight up, that's what it is. If anybody's failing him, it's Ray. So like. <laughs> like like I feel like that tragedy should have carried over, and we didn't get that. We got some of a redemption story, and although I do like seeing Kylo more as a Ben Solo character, it would have been 
interesting to see that seed, those seeds be planted. Um, I feel like everything was just do it just to do it. Fucking Twitter. <laughs> no, but I definitely got to check out um, the Rise of the Skywalker, bro. I, I just been staying away from it because, like I said, I let people get it out. I really don't pay attention to it. Then I watch it on my own time. You know what I'm saying? So I can just be it on my time and my view. <laughs> Fire up the Disney Plus and watch that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw that. That's why I was like, I got to get to that, bro. Like, I got to see it because I saw that they dropped it yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. May 4th. Mm-hmm. Well, but, that kind of concludes. Do you have anything else to say about it? No, wait. Did we get your number one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The last Jedi. That yeah, was my number one, yeah. yeah. Well, and, here's one thing right here, guys. <laughs> um, we can all agree, though, collectively, that we love Star Wars as a franchise. I'm going to pose this last question to kind of close yeah. us out right here. What is something that you personally want to see Star Wars do in the next five years specifically let's say you have a fresh slate you are the showrunner you can take star wars into any direction you would like specifically what would you do i'm gonna go with jake first and then i'm gonna lead off with you jay wow that's a that's a hell of a burden well um i honestly think that they should continue to do what they did with last jedi which is you know um, only take fan reaction to a certain extent because, again, like because you took all that, um, all that commotion, you know, just to silence things down, you got a horrible product out of it with with the uh, Rise of Skywalker. But what I want them, what I want to see is what I kind of give credit to everything else, you know, like especially like when it comes to the Harry Potter series. I love the Fantastic Beast series. I absolutely love them. Why? Because it expands on a universe that exists, that we made exist. So I'm going to always say it. This is an ever-expanding universe. Look what, you, look what we got with the Mandalorian. It sticks out. It's different. And it, you know, it's on its own. It has solidified itself as its own thing. Um, and we've had this conversation, Frank, and you actually you know, convinced me to, you know, that Time, finally time to get a rid you know get away from anything associated with Skywalker now that that's all done what else is out there you know what other planets are there I want to see that and I think we need to see that you know let's you know I want to see different kinds of villains I want to see villains that are not human you know there's a lot of different alien species you know alien planets I want to see more of them you know um, so that's what I want to see out of the next Star Wars series. I want to see if they can create another, um, probably not as long, it doesn't need to be nine movies long, but can you create an, a, a new, um, saga. not a franchise, but a new start. Yeah, a new saga. Yeah. Can you create a new saga? Even if it lasts two or three, can you create it um, without trying to worry about what fans are going to think but you know with the resources that you have the money that you have you know the availability you know the 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 cast that you can create and actually give them you know a good spotlight you know use new people too that's what i want to see like i don't want to keep seeing veteran actors and actresses like when we got rose when we got um finn like these were new people i've never seen them on stuff before um, and they did their roles really well. And then for you to take the role that Rose had and take it away from her, 
on the last movie, like that was that was heartbreaking, you know. Give these people different roles um, and something that's really going to stand out. So that's what I would do. That's yeah, she was do. definitely undercut on the last. Uh, sorry, the Rise of Skywalker, which is pretty heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, Rose, Jay, what about you? What would you like to see? Um, like Jake said, this is a very, very. Uh, I don't want to say it's a tough question, but it's a question that has multiple answers and like. Jake has been saying from the beginning, this is a ever expanding universe. You know, this is just not something that's this is what we got original trilogy or this trilogy right now. This is something that you can just dissect and have fun with. You get what I'm saying? So that's what I would like to see. And I'm just going to go with probably unpopular opinion. I don't know how you guys feel or anybody else feels, but I would just like to see some more of the expanding of the Mandalorian universe and also as the game. Uh, Star Wars The Fallen Order because um, I don't know how it correlates but I know they said The Fallen Order kind of goes hand in hand with The Mandalorian so I would like them to see I would like them to explore more on that you get what I'm saying and expand the universe and see where we go because one thing that I enjoyed about The Fallen Order it was very uh, cult-like you know, we know it has that cult-like aspect to it, but it was very cult-like because one of the first bosses that you fight is called the First Sister. What is the First Sister? You know, I just want to see more of that and stuff like that and explore on that Mandalorian, explore on Cal, because in the Fallen Order, Jedis, I mean, through the whole series, they're being exterminated. But, you know, here it's just like crime and sacrilege if you're a Jedi and they're going to exterminate you at all costs. So I would like to see them expand on that video game universe and a Mandalorian that goes hand in hand. That's what I would like to see. Mm, I love I it. I love it. Yeah. I, I agree with you guys. Good I will say, like, my heart of hearts wants a Knights of the Old Republic franchise to happen. Um, that's my heart of hearts. I, I just feel like there's a lot of lore going back into what Jedis were as far as being respected. And then just the original war with the Sith, seeing people like Darth Bane and whatnot um, implement the rule of two and just seeing more of that duality of the Sith at its highest, at its, at its height, uh, when they were actual uh, a credible threat and not just these murky villains hiding in the set shadows. You know, I want to see the full force mm-hmm. of what the Sith can be. Um, but I feel like they would oh. ruin that. I, I, I feel like they would just tarnish that. They would look at everybody else's fan fiction and say, well, fuck that, and everybody's hearts is going to get broken. So, um, since there's so much expectation on doing a Knights of the Old Republic movie or franchise, I agree with you guys. Something new. I specifically want 20-year time jump or 50-year time jump. I don't want Ray. I don't want Finn. I don't want Poe, unfortunately. I want new characters up against new struggles happening in the world. They don't have to be force-wielding. They don't have to have sabers. If there is one or two of them, you know, just something different and new, and let's enjoy what Star Wars really is, is a space opera. Uh, I think if we get that, I think we could be all happy with that. I I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> This is this is just left field. I know if I'm not mistaken, I know he ha- he's gotten a death in the books, but I would like to see which a character that's very popular in a Star Wars uh, franchise, and he's just like very book related, comic book. I don't know about Attack of the Clones animated series because I haven't seen that, but 
I hope nobody comes at my neck for probably butchering the name, but I would like to see um, Thrawn on mm-hmm. on screen. You get what I'm saying? Like, let's explore on that character because if you go to the pages, Thrawn is very popular. You get what I'm saying? He's up there with the star, uh, Darth Vader's because if I'm not mistaken, I think Darth Vader is like his master and he's kind of like, you know, hand in hand with Darth Vader. So I would like to also see a Thrawn maybe hit the screens and stuff like that. Let's just not keep them in the pages of the comic books or the books or whatever. I don't know how y'all guys feel about Thrawn, though. No, yeah, that'd be very interesting. You know, anybody that, that has some kind of weight before people like um, Sidious or or Vader or even Maul to some extent or Dooku or whatnot, I, I want to see exactly these these force wielders, these Sith wielders um, really go to town. When, when I was promised Last Jedi at first, we were... Um, Coming out of the heels off of um, um, the Force Awakens, we were told that we were get the Knights of Ren and how these were essentially mm-hmm. um, uh, they were Sith supportists or Sith radicalists. So like they're almost like satanics in a way, like or Luciferians mm-hmm. that that worshipped um, the art of Sith. And I felt like what we got in the last. Uh, sorry, the Rise of Skywalker wasn't nearly what we were promised whatsoever. If anything, they're a bunch of Captain Phasmas, straight up. <laughs> when you told me, we were actually talking about that. When you told me about that, because I thought when I heard Knights of Ren, I gravitated to them. Like I said, I haven't seen this movie, but I heard Knights of Ren. I saw them. I got Nazgul feelings from them. You know what I'm saying? And even though. In my opinion, probably the Nazgul's didn't get the best treatments. I thought the Knights of Ren were going to get something fucking epic, and they promoted them and pushed them as, bro, Kylo Ren, these are my knights. We're going to be fucking badass, and we're going to hunt down the Jedis or whatever it is. And from when Chu told me they didn't get good treatment, I was like, wow, that's terrible, bro. Honestly, for all the hype that they had coming into this, for crying out loud, I even got a fucking pop, the R cannon. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't know, man. They're the best yeah. uh, players of hide and go seek you'll ever see in that movie. They're like, they show up <laughs> behind a sand dune, like, oh, we're over here. They show up behind an alleyway, oh, we're over here. <laughs> like, that's really about <laughs> the extent that they do, besides one or two fight scenes. And even those fight scenes don't live up to the hype, in my opinion. That's just me. Um, yeah. Maybe um, in my own headcanon, I probably built them up more than I, I should have. But when you hear maybe. that, um, Sith worshippers and shit like that. You're thinking like, damn, like some hardcore shit's gonna happen, and then you get some, (laughs) like I don't know. Yeah, I guess you hear uh, Sith worshippers, you're thinking radicalists. I'm gonna fucking rip your head off for the Sith order. You get what I'm saying? And from what you told me, they bushed them out. So, kind of, kind of sad, in my opinion. Well, that um, kind of. Unless Jake, do you have anything to add on? Um, no, um, but I, the last thing that I do want to say is, you know, as much as I love, um, prequels and stuff, and I love to see how shit went down, sometimes some of the best stories are those told by dialogue. You know what I mean? A uh, good example is like Lord of the Rings, you know, when they talked about previous battles, they were talked about, you know, they were, um, discussed at dinner time or, you know, around a fire and, and, you know, um, sometimes just hearing the story is enough to make you kind of visualize it and, and know the impact or the importance of it. It doesn't always have to be shown on screen. And I think that that's uh, a mistake that a lot of uh, movie uh, production companies have is, you know, there is a specific story and it's like, oh, well, we should, you know, make a movie out of this. We should actually give it screen time. 
no, it doesn't need it. it it's not wa warranted. So sometimes you should leave a story as a story. Okay. I can see that right no, there. I agree because just um to add to that real quick, I agree because a story is a story. If you go back, you know, what, 1940s, 1950s, People used to huddle around radios just to listen to story and it adds you to visualize and stuff like that. So sometimes storytelling is very, very impactful instead of visualization. So I yeah. agree with Jake on that a thousand percent. Then, yeah. What you also do is you have mounting pressure to, to then, you know, you start trying to actually portray it. Well, then now you have to, mm -hmm. you know, cover all your loose ends, you know, make sure there's no plot holes, you know, have an answer for this, have an answer for that. Um, mm -hmm. But when told vocally through dialogue there's a lot of details that are missing because they're not needed but when you try to mm -hmm. actually film it you have to fill in all those pieces or you're forced to or you feel like you're forced to and then you end up fucking it up yeah i think that you hit it right there they feel like they're forced to and i think that's one thing that the twitter movement or this social media movement has put a a stranglehold on big studios is that if it doesn't fit their own criteria they're not going to do it case in point sonic you know, I didn't think Sonic was going to be this blockbuster hit the way... No, and it still not is a blockbuster hit, to be honest. It was an okay kids movie. Whether you change the character's design or not, it didn't affect the movie whatsoever because it was the same goddamn movie. Um, but the fact that the outrage and the craze that happened with Sonic and the, the design they did, yeah, it's it was fucking weird as fuck. It was like deranged looking version of a hedgehog a humanoid hedgehog but it was that ours's <laughs> vision you know what i mean like how many times have we seen a, a bad version of the teenage mutant ninja turtles looking 10 feet tall you know listening to the wu-tang clan I, I don't mind it but it's different um you know the godzilla himself look how many times godzilla has been exactly you know and you have to respect the artists and their vision and what they want to implement and what they want to do. And I feel like once you sacrifice your vision for fans' sake, you're not doing anything but fan service. Why are you, why are you a filmmaker to begin with if you didn't want to see your vision come through? Uh, you know what? I agree with you a thousand percent. And I don't want to sit here and sound very opinionated, but as a filmmaker, a screenwriter, or whatever you want to call it, you're out there, you're doing this because you want to put your vision out. You know, you're creating these worlds, you're creating these universes, these characters based on your vision. And if the fans don't like it, fuck them. I mean, it may sound crazy, but you get what I'm saying? This is your vision. This is your opinion. If you portray it well and you add what it is for it to be believable, then bro, you did your job. If Twitter wants to rant on it or talk shit, let them. That's just me, though. Disney, I know how times are. Disney hasn't changed their shit up with the Marvel movies, and they are not just like the comics as far as canon goes. Ooh, like Ultron wasn't created by Tony Stark. He was created by Hank Pym. I, you don't see that shit happening all the time. And I, I know I know you hate how they depicted Ultron in the Age of Ultron. So, but that's something yeah, that's a decent they, movie. It, it is, it is. But honestly, I have to agree with you. Huh? That was one of my least favorites. Yeah, I think it's everybody's least oh. favorite for, for many reasons, though. You know what, though? Maybe that could be a next Pop 5, like, talk Ooh. about MCU universe. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Pop 5, MCU universe. But I, I like I like the age of Ultron, but like you said, it's... Ultron is... If you look at the comics, Ultron is this fucking badass entity that you can't fucking kill. 
You get what I'm saying? And then just to have him here laughing and talking shit and like it, it falls very short. But I don't know. But definitely that's a great topic, bro. Like MCU, you know, top five, stuff like that. Think about it. Devil. Sleep over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely, guys. I appreciate all the time that we put into this podcast right here. Jake, where can people find you if they want to talk to you about more Star Wars, if they want to yell at you for having the Empire Strikes Back as one of your last picks? <laughs> <laughs> they can find me on Eagle Mullet. Um, no, <laughs> um, no uh, so if anyone wants to find me, you can find me on Anxiety and I. It is uh, my personal podcast. Um, you'll find Jay and uh, uh, Frank on there uh, quite, quite, quite a lot. Um, you can find that on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Music, as well as like several others that I've never heard of, and I'm pretty sure people listen to on there. Next. So, <laughs> um, and um, I would, I would give my um, Facebook and and Instagrams, but I can never remember my tags, and I don't really care. But you'll I love it. You'll always see me commenting on pop culture fanatics, and um, sweet Jay, where can people find you? <laughs> I love it. Um, they can find me doing my thing with you on these two pages on these two podcasts. First is Elite Wrestling Audio, where we give you the chop shots, the macho chop box, everything wrestling. We talk there on EWA podcast, Elite Wrestling Audio, that has a Facebook, an Instagram, and Twitter, and it's available on all podcast platforms. Definitely check that out. We have the latest episode of Smart Mark Talk up right now. Go check it out. The Kamora Chronicles as well. You can go out there, get your MMA fix. You get reviews, reviews, post-shows. Uh, the Kamora Chronicles has a Facebook and Instagram and a Twitter as well, and it's available on podcast. Hey, everybody. We had some technical difficulty right there closing out the show. Uh, I just wanted to help my boy Jay Rance out. He did mention all the plugs for the Kimura Chronicles and EWA, Elite Wrestling Audio. But also, too, he has his own podcast out there, Lag Switch Gaming. Look that up. I believe it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as Anchor, where he talks specifically about gaming altogether. I jump on with him sometimes as well, too. The latest episode is out. It's a review on Streets of Rage 4. So please look him up. Look up Jake as well, too, with anxiety. And I, it's a great podcast as well, too. Guys, if you want to reach out to me, Val Cisco, you can find me on Instagram by that name, on Twitter at uncanny underscore V, and of course, here, Pop Culture Fanatics. You can find us on every podcast platform when it comes to either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Podcast Republic, Spotify. We're all out there as well, too. I want to thank my co host course jay rance and of course my guest as well too jacob uh, we all had a great time doing this and i wish we would have had a better outro but this was a fun cathartic way of talking about star wars hopefully you guys enjoyed this long podcast i know we did don't hate us too much for our picks um may the force be with all of you later guys <laughs> okay we got one in oh yeah i was like wait a minute is this recording as going on no, you can as 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 you wait for Jake, you want to hear something really heroic? What? If you want to feel like the 
extraordinary fucking American, this is what you do. You sit home, you fucking fire up Netflix, you put on The Patriot while downloading fucking <laughs> Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered Edition, and you go to fucking town back to back, because that's what I did as soon as I got off of work. I saw some Mel Gibson going, oh, flashing. <laughs> and then I saw fucking it downloaded finally, and I'm going, oh, I'm like, okay, it works. <laughs> I feel like oh, a fucking that- bald eagle is about to bust it out of my chest after playing back. <laughs> Have you seen that? Let's just say that. Have you seen that clothing brand called Eagle Mullet or something like that? <laughs> With a mullet, bro? Like, no, that's some Joe Exotic shit right there. <laughs> bro, I saw that shit when I was in Texas. I was like, what the fuck is Eagle Mullet, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Jake, would uh, you rock Eagle Mullet as a brand? No. <laughs> Do yourself a favor to check that out, Val. Like, yo, Jake, it's like a fucking eagle with a mullet, bro. And then it has like an American bandana on. <laughs> <laughs> it's either wear that, Jake, or wear Derelict. Which one's better? <laughs> <clears throat> oh, hell no. What is this? I can just... <laughs> I, this is uh, a, like the people who wear this shit are the same people who wear like Duluth underwear. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, if you ever watch those commercials, like those are literally advertised towards men, but like like truckers, just like, <laughs> like, like Duluth underwear. You know, like I can't even do this. <laughs> I'm, I'm like I'm looking at Eagle Mullet right now. This shit is great. <laughs> I'm about to rock out, going to LA with some Eagle Mullet. Judge me. Is that one of your sponsors, Eagle Mullet? No, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, <laughs> That'd be the best sponsor ever, Eagle Mullet. I'm about to keep this. I'm about to keep oh. this right now. Just shout out some Eagle Mullet right now to get that sponsor. <laughs> oh, <the> Eagle Mullet. <laughs> When I'm podcasting, there's no better shirt that I'd rather wear that feels more comfortable with my sexuality and my nationality than Eagle Mullet. <laughs> throw in that Eagle sound. You gotta throw in that Eagle. Sound. <laughs> Dead ass, bro. Just start jumping on the Twitch stream with a podcast. Eagle Mullet. <laughs> If you want to feel the burden of carrying America on your back, might as well wear a shirt that says that. Eagle mullet. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah.